What's going on everybody? John out here with you. Alec Nava is going to be joining me. I see him in here now. We'll get him in to invite the co-host. It is Tuesday, November 14, 2023. How's everybody doing out there today? It's the LA Clippers 3-6, and 0-5 oh on the road. Head coached by Teron Liu. It sounds like this. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Avica Zubats will be the starters. And for Denver, head coached by Michael Malone, he just got that extension there, 8-2. They are 6-0 at home. Starters will likely be Reggie Jackson, KCP, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic. Alec, I know the way I see it right now with James Harden in the lineup with the L.A. Clippers. They're 0-4 with them, 0-5 since the trade. They really need to get a win today. Can they do it? In front of a raucous Denver crowd, it's going to be a very tough task because let's go back to last year's Denver Nuggets. They were 44-8 combined at home between regular season and postseason. It's no easy task going up against the best team in basketball, one of the best starting fives in the, in the association, if not the best starting five in the association. You, on the other side, you have Kawhi and PG who have taken a step back in rebounding. The Nuggets are the best team in that category. You have James Harden and Russell Westbrook together in the starting lineup again. You have to wonder if this Clippers team truly has the chemistry together with this veteran leadership left and right. You have to wonder if they truly are the right fits if everything goes down to the, and down even more because they've lost five straight. They need, a, they need a win desperately. Six straight losses will feel like it's panic time. Yeah, and at least as you said, it's early enough for the Clippers to be able to get it rolling. I mean, you have a luxury, let's just be honest, of having four straight All-Stars in your lineup. And then, oh, by the way, for the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, you want to hear his numbers? You want to think he might be possibly out of shape going into the postseason after winning the championship? Well, he's still averaged in 30-14-8, a steal and a block. So he is the best player in the world going up against four All-Stars on the other side. Again, it looks like these jerseys and everything else won't contrast with the stripe that's in the middle of the floor. So it's Jokic, Novica, Zubats, and we are underway here at Ball Arena in Denver, Colorado. It kind of feels like we just covered a team like that yesterday, and that's how it was between the Kraken and the Avalanche. Hook shot, Jokic. We'll go ahead and tip this one up, and Russell Westbrook will get the first rebound. So I think the way that we're going to do this is Alex is going to take the second quarter and the fourth. I'll take the first and the third. It's Avica Zubats. This is this one short. Jokic now will push this across the timeline. Send the pass across for the former Piston Reggie Jackson as Aaron Gordon puts it on the floor. Tried to power his way past Zubats. It's tipped up multiple times, but it can't be picked up by Jokic. PG-13. Get down the lane off a beautiful Euro. And the Clippers will draw first blood here as we're in the NBA in-season tournament. I believe the way this is going to work is Tuesdays and Fridays side will be the in-season tournament games. Everybody's going to play within their bracket. Whoever has the best record will move on to the next round. And then as we go along, we'll get to Vegas and see who wins the Commissioner's Cup. And they get a big fat uh, bonus as far as all that money. So Russell Westbrook saves it from going out of bounds. And Kawhi Leonard, he just throws it to nobody. Turnover against the Clips. I believe we're looking for James Harden on that throw, but I feel that Harden was a little too short of that pass in the lane. But that was a beautiful Euro step by Paul George. It looks like he's back in his Indiana days when we see highlights like that from him. Absolutely, and I'll make sure to be able to cut aside from time to time and 
get your thoughts so we can step in. So I have to call the whole entire thing as Reggie Jackson will hit off the back front of the rim. That beats the Zubats now leaves it for Russ. Again, for Russ, he's been a guy that's been this and done this for a long time, but man, I still think he's really, really good. Avica Zubats missed a bunny there, and Nikola Jokic got the rebound, stopped it from going out of bounds, and so bringing up the timeline. He's going to stop at the top of the key, send the pass across for KCP, right wing side. Jokic is wide open. He doesn't shoot past Harden. He goes to the Euro. This off the front of the rim gets the tap for AG. He goes... Back behind the baseline, Jokic taps it up again, and a foul is called on the floor. That's just nasty craftsmanship from Nikola Jokic, <laughs> making it look easy on James Harden. Even though he didn't shoot that three-pointer after he faked out Harden and put him on a spin cycle, took him out to Dancing with the Stars, and he just drives it in, looks for the Euro, but even though it was not, nothing much there, he's showing he's the best player in the association. I mean, we saw the numbers there again, Alec, on the TNT side. But like 30 and 14 and like 7, 8, are you kidding me? I mean, he's putting up MVP numbers. People can talk about him and Joel being in the MVP discussion, but it's no doubt Jokic is front and center the best player with his assist abilities and his ever so underrated defense. Yeah, not to mention he's really good at the free throw line, too, as he knocks down both. It's a tie game, 2-2, 9.45 in the first. Paul George accelerates, gets it in off the window, and lays it in. He wanted the foul call, probably could have got one, as it's Aaron Gordon now on the right wing side. Kawhi, now with Nikola Jokic, give here for Reggie Jackson. Nice stutter step, gets the space from Zubats, and puts it in from 12. As this game is tied at four, about 9.25 left to go in the first round. They're with you alongside Alec Nava. It's an NBA action for us, at least the first time for me in the NBA season, but not for Alec on that side. As it's sent across again, and another pass goes nowhere. This time Harden tried to find Kawhi. Turnover. It's the second time this happened for the Clippers. It, in the first three minutes of play, we're not even past the halfway point of this, this game. I mean, you get two costly turnovers on passes that are out of bounds. You gotta find passing lanes to the open guys, but that time it feels like the open guys were from the ghosts of the previous equipment. <laughs> like yes, as a shot from the three-point line, we'll see what the foul is going to be called on. Jokic was wide open in the previous, but he missed it. He got a lot of space. Michael Malone wants some clarifications there. We'll see what the foul is going to be on, whether it's going to be a shooting or anything else. But four-four is the early score line. Again, Alec for Denver, I really feel like this is all systems go. I really feel much like the Vegas Golden Knights on the hockey side that the Denver Nuggets are probably still the favorite. Would you agree? The same way. They have this ability to roll any one of their players, whether it be their starters or any of their bench players, or leave a lot to be desired for the bench, but they, but they get things done in a business-like manner. Christian Brown... Yeah, I like that rotation and everything else that you said about that. Those are big-time pieces. I noticed over the last couple games, they played Julian Strother, Peyton Watson on the college stuff, too, as well. They still have DeAndre Jordan off the bench that they could rely on, shooting 
there's any other injuries. Paul George, I believe, quickly has six points as he knocks down all three free throws. So six points and two rebounds. PG's getting it done right now. Here's a nice little pocket pass. Reggie Jackson blows by Zubats and finishes off the double clutch. And yeah, that's a snoopy smooth layup for Reggie Jackson getting it done. And some revenge on the team they used to start with as the point guard after they benched Patrick Beverly. Porter Jr., they're showing the pocket pass now for Reggie. And that's a tough play over the standing reach of Avica Zubats, but makes it look easy. Another pass got deflected out of bounds, and now it's Russ from Zubats with 10 seconds to go on the shot clock. Kawhi off the half spin, back down hook. He missed it off the front of the rim. That'll be an opportunity now for MPJ as he's got this one at the top of the key. Jokic. It's a lofty pass. It was an easy read. Russ is all alone. He's going to lay it in. And the Clippers take a 9-6 lead. The takeaway from Kawhi, the ability to read plays like that with how he's been known between L.A., Toronto, and San Antonio, and then the read to Russ to find the open man, get him wide open right down the heat, and Russ ran that straight up the gut like he's a running back in the NFL. I know it goes without saying, Alec, but again, when I see that burst of speed, it really looks like to me that Russell Westbrook still got that athleticism, doesn't he? Yeah, he still has it, even if he's in his bird, he's still going strong here. Yeah, I've always liked his game, the moxie that he's played with. I know that there's been some criticism and shade that's been thrown his way along the years, but I still think he's a winner, to be honest with you. I'm not trying to blow smoke or anything, also play favorites. I've always liked his game. On the other side, you can talk about James Harden and the multiple trade requests and this and that, and then you'd kind of really think about it on the other side between players, if we're being honest, as Harden's got it now. Russell Westbrook puts his head down, gets to the lane, misses it off the front of the rim, but this is saved by Zubats. Harden wide open at the top of the key. He's going to shoot it from 25 feet and knock down the long three. It's 12-8. Those long threes that he's been known for in Houston, he's still got that game in him. Jokic, now KCP, as Jokic has a right wing side, he thinks about a three. He'll take it and make it. There really isn't anything Jokic can't do, Alec. Yeah, there's really not. Or to be when you think of inside the glass from the arc or to play defense, he can do it all. And that's what makes him so dangerous as the Clippers take their first time out. So not too bad right now for the L.A. Clippers. Again, one player in particular, Paul George, I... I like what I'm seeing right now. He's been able to get to the lane, he's been able to draw fouls, and he plays aggressively. So I think he's got to be that other piece. We know Kawhi Leonard's been there, but Paul George, I think he's got to be the one to step up as long as James Harden's still getting acclimated. I can make the argument that Paul George is the number one option right now with the Clippers. Right. People forget that he was the go-to guy when he was with the Pacers. And all those times, there was... Basically, him being the leader of that team and that vocal presence that he provides over to the Clippers. He, he's being more and more the leader over with the Clippers, much like what is seen with in Indiana when he was there with Roy Hibbert, Danny Granger, and everyone there when they went to those Eastern Conference Final Series going up against the big three of LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh. Yeah, and Paul George, I know about the... 
leg snap and everything else in Vegas and all that time, and it was unfortunate. But to come back and to see him play the way that he's been, especially with the Clippers, I kind of feel like he's still that same guy that you talked about in Indianapolis on that side. He's been a great player. He's a complete all-around stud. The same thing for Kawhi Leonard. Again, I know the numbers are down, and you said that perfectly on that side, but you got to think about it just as we know. Kawhi Leonard's 32, and on the other side, Paul George is 33. It really doesn't feel like it, but they've been in the league for a long time. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it, which is strange to say, because it feels like we're seeing some of the players that we've been used to seeing, seeing the, coming to their, their end of their prime, yeah. and then seeing them at this point. That goes to show that we have to appreciate what they what they had with them in their primes, because you never know what that you have until it's all gone, especially with Kawhi with the Spurs, and that one year with the Raptors, Paul George in his insane run in 2019 with the Thunder, who blew out the Spurs earlier tonight, by the way, and with James Harden, Russell Westbrook as a nice one-two pairing between OKC and Houston, and wherever Russ has went, they, these have all been amazing players that we have watched throughout their peaks in basketball. Yeah, you might be thinking about it. If I'm just looking off the top of my head, maybe I'm wrong on this, but between Harden, Westbrook, Leonard, and Paul George, three of four maybe in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, three of four, we can say. That's the same bets. So, I mean, that's exactly what you're looking at right now for the L.A. Clippers, and that's why they, they have uh, aspirations. We already know we're looking at a Hall of Famer with Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. You're looking at the greatest second-round pick of all time. And anyone else that says otherwise, I think, needs to get their eyes examined. As we get back into the break here, Chris Haynes is going to be doing some reporting for the TNT side. But, John, you're with you alongside Alec Nava. I know Alec Vision is probably going to be way ahead of me here because at least I'm maybe about 30 seconds behind from the box score side of it. I got 725 left to go in the first here. A little bit of streaming for me on that side, not really live side of it, just for a little bit of delay. But it's Paul George. Get this one right to left as it'll be an opportunity for KCP. Still a really good defender and a multiple-time NBA champion, the former Detroit Piston, as it's James Harden. He's waiting for his dribble to get started and P.J. almost steals it as this is picked up by Kawhi off the back down. Here's a pass. Harden's wide open. He misses it off the top of the key. That's a blown assignment there, but James Harden can't make him pay as Jokic cleans up the mess. About 6.50 left to go on the first. It's Michael Porter Jr. gets the screen from Jokic. Step back. Thought about it. Jokic will take another three. He's going to miss this off the front of the rim, and this is skied by P.G. 13 as he sends this one right to left. Again, they are in the road whites with the mix of the red striping on the pant legs and the Denver Nuggets and the all-blacks kind of mix in a little bit of the uniform there. A nice pocket pass from Zubats inside, and the claw lays it in. Feels like Zubats took a page out to Nikola Jokic's playbook and passing that out to Kawhi because he has eyes on the back of his head on that sequence. Absolutely. That's a great call by you. Watson trying to get away from a screen. Jokic... From 12, and Nikola, he's already showed you the inside game, the outside game. He's got to the lane. He's hit a, hit a layup here at this point, so he's already showcasing everything he can do. Paul George accelerates. He gets down the lane and lays it in. PGs look good early. There we have it. I, I mentioned about him possibly being the number one option here in L.A. You can't go wrong between him and Kawhi being the number one option, but PG has been looking like the number one option so far tonight. Yes, he has. 
As Pickett is on the right wing side, I want to make sure I get that correctly. Zubats swats away Jokic. And now Paul George going to get down the lane again. And he lost it. Good strip there by Aaron Gordon trying to get up off the break. Pickett trying to get it past Harden, and he lays it in off the fast break. Oh, I talk about Kenny Pickett with the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> and the, the University of Pittsburgh. How about Jalen Pickett from Penn State University going over the Denver Nuggets already making an impact with them? Denver, another steal. Three on two. Pickett thought about it. Inside pass. Jokic. He blew the bunny! As this is an opportunity now for Norman Powell off the bench for Tyler's squad. He'll back it out the right wing side near the ball arena logo. And Harden got to pick it back up. He already started his dribble. Now he gets a chance to go with Zubats down the lane. And Jokic just lets him go right by as Harden gets on the board here. It's 18-15. Just as easy as it can get for James Harden driving through for the easy layup. The crafty end work from him. Pick it. Now for Jokic, right wing side, good pass. Nobody picks up Aaron Gordon, and the multiple-time slam dunk champion gets an easy one there, Alec. You know, Aaron Gordon, who, who beat out, who, who was going up against Zach Levine and Derrick Jones Jr., showing that he can, he still got that athleticism that makes him a dangerous dunker for the lane. Paul George for three. He's got this one on lock here early. It's 21-17. Nice turnaround jumper. Nice work. Nice work indeed from PG. Aaron Gordon's going to draw the foul and go to the line. So, again, we'll just give you the update here as far as Paul George. He's 3-for-3 uh, three three from the line, 1-for-1 one one from distance, and 4-or-5 from the field for a quick 12 points. He's certainly been the hottest player on the floor. Nikola Jokic. He's been good, but he's 2 of 8 shooting for his 9 points, so I guess the Clippers are going to take that, but I have to imagine, Alec, he's not going to miss too many more bunnies at the rim. He's not going to miss a lot more at the rim. This basically is an uncharacteristic night for Jokic, but to be fair, the Clippers, for as bad of a defensive effort they had against the Mavericks, they're still a silently good defensive team. Let's not get it twisted. It's kind of like, for me... When you think about their starting lineup, you got maybe about four versatile small forwards on the floor at the same time. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's fair to say. And with the lineup they put up, it feels like they're playing small ball with Kawhi, who normally plays at the three, he's playing at the four. Terrence Mann is checking in here for the Clippers as PG sits down. It's a little well-earned rest there as far as I'm concerned. Harden will send this one here for Mann. And to the right wing side, Terrence has it. Flip it back over here for Kawhi. Claw, couple dribbles. Norman Powell picks it up. Floater misses it off the front of the rim. And this is skied by the Kansas Jayhawk. Christian Braun sends it across, left to right across the timeline. Rock the dribble off the step back. Leave it in for Jokic. Hasn't taken a break just yet as they get around P.J. Tucker. And getting down the lane nicely and finishing it as the Nuggets off of a sweet move. As this is picked up now, Kawhi will send this back for James Harden. He was about 35 feet back. He'll take a step as he gets a screen from Tucker and a step back from 12. And Harden knocks that down. That's a jumper he can make all day long, 23-21. And Peyton walks on the first possession with that adjustment on the layup. The nice feed from Jokic and James Harden is getting more comfortable for the playing minutes as he goes on in L.A. And Jokic took Kawhi Leonard to the post school there. He fakes left, goes right, and lakes it in. 
Ties the game at 23. 2.50 left to go in the first. It's been an entertaining first quarter. We'll see if the rest of the game could come to this. Again, I talked about with this with Alec a little bit yesterday. I was a bit concerned how close this game would be. Shot clock down to two. Harden wide open again. Right wing side. This misses off the back iron. Picked up by Jokic now. As Pickett will drive it. Aaron Gordon down the lane. Double clutch and he lays it in over the claw. 25-23. There's another man who's there's another man whose last name is Pickett who can make nice passes to to his open guys. James Harden now in between the legs got Jokic on him. He'll half spin. Terrence Mann gets an extra pass, a little bit too hot for Powell, and the Clippers turn it over. They're doing a little bit of highlights there for Nikola Jokic, and anytime you get a chance one on one in the post as we go to break, that's barbecue chicken, as Shaq says. Barbecue chicken for him any day, every day. And, and all the things you talk about the Joker, we always talk about him perhaps being on triple-double watch every single game yeah. because that's been a realistic possibility. Maybe we could see him average a triple-double on the season. That's not out the possibility. I know we talked about this before, but I know it was a few days ago, maybe about a week ago, that it was announced that Michael Malone gets the extension. Again, I didn't realize he was already with the Denver Nuggets. I mean, I might be wrong on this, but maybe a year, seven or eight years with the Denver Nuggets already. And they were struggling a little bit until you went in and you get Jokic in the draft and a few other things. You got Jamal Murray there. You're trying to make it work. Good on the Nuggets for giving him the extension. You still think he's a really good coach. And this team is uh, pretty well acclimated. They got a good starting lineup and some good bench pieces. You know, I can argue for Mike Malone. The most critical decision that he has made in his coaching tenure with the Nuggets was to start Nikola Jokic full-time at the five over Yusuf Nurkic, even though that frustrated Nurkic to the point where he wanted out and requested a trade to Portland. That has been the best decision that Malone has made in his coaching tenure. I'd heard the stories when Jokic was drafted, and again, it comes back for certain players. Sometimes they don't make it, sometimes they do. But the first time in practice, and they're seeing this guy, and he's like, he looks a little big, maybe a little bit uh, portly on that side, doesn't have a lot of athleticism, but holy cow, he pretty much tore us up in practice. And then the rest is uh, business as usual. Multiple-time MVP and an NBA champion, Nikola Jokic. So they make him in all shapes and sizes, but the skill level that Jokic has is uh, something that's exceedingly rare for a center. Yeah, very exceedingly rare with the size advantage and all the advantages that he has on most other defenders. No matter where he is on the court, if he is close up, you'll find the open man. If he's open, you'll shoot the shot. It's basically pick your poison. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to have a person that's that talented in the league right now at that position. I know they talk about Kristaps Porzingis being the unicorn, but I think that's probably Jokic's nickname for me. Again, he's my favorite player in the NBA to watch for a reason, because he literally just plays the game of basketball the right way. He can score at any level that you need him to. He can knock down free throws. He can play defense. And you don't see many centers run the offense, but he can also do that too. So this should be a fun game, as we mentioned. you got Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Zubats. Westbrook and Harden, I mean, that's one heck of a starting five for the Clippers. I don't expect them to continue to be 0-5 on the road, but this is a stiff test today against the Nuggets. Yeah, it feels like they, they may be due for 
for a win on the road and with the, and the Nuggets who shockingly lost to the surging new look Houston Rockets recently that, that if, if they get things right here that, that loss may be a one-off because rarely do you see the Nuggets lose games like these but it can come to a testament about how the Rockets are an up-and-coming team with Ime Udoka as the head coach yeah, no doubt about that. You mentioned with the about five-game winning streak on the other side yesterday. And the Rockets, they're a really young squad. You got Jalen Green. You got Jabari Smith Jr., a lot of other pieces there. You pick up Fred Van Vliet. And Amy Udoka has been a good coach. We know about the situations with the Celtics. But, I mean, the Rockets, it's a pretty easy pickup on the phone to be able to get a coach with that kind of talent. And you got a really young squad that's hungry to showcase what they can do. Shot clock down to two. Gordon with the... Step back, too strong off the front of the rim, and Terrence Mann will accelerate right to left across the timeline here for the Clips. They're down two, 25-23, about a buck 35 left to go in this first, as it's James Harden. He'll get the screen from Zubats. Again, he hasn't taken a rest, really. The only one is Paul George, as this is past Zeke Naji, and he gets it off the glass and lays it in, an example of the ISO scoring we've seen for years now. Perhaps we may be seeing the difference that one man can make onto the court with Jokic on the bench right now with Zeke Nazi filling him in. But that was amazing. And, and uh, basically, just a routine play every day for James Harden. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Again, you think about it, he's probably one of the best shooting guards in the generation side, no matter what you think about it. You could throw him in the same side in between Michael, Kobe, Dwayne Wade. He's probably a step below those three, but he really is that talented. He's going to fire a three from the top of the key. Norman Powell will get it back up. The rebound from P.J. Tucker. That's too strong. A third opportunity will reset the shot clock to 15, but it's down to eight now. James Harden. He's going to do it again. He'll get the screen from Zubats. This from 30, and this is short off the front of the rim. So Clippers got shot happy there. They had four chances. They missed them all. And now essentially it's about a seven-second... Difference on the shot clock here. We're tied at 25 between the Clips and Denver. Step back. And that's a good-looking shot there. As that one's knocked down for Pickett. And it's a 28-25 lead. It's the last position of the first quarter for the Clips. It's been a good contest. Hopefully Alec can have that the rest of the way in the second and the fourth side. Because I'm surprised this game's been this close early, to be honest. Down to five seconds. Draw the foul. And that's what Harden can do you got to make sure you don't put him at the line. He's pretty pretty perfect on that side. Mike Malone is trusting his younger guys with Jamal Murray out with a right hamstring strain. He's going to miss the rest of this month. But Jalen Pickett, Julian Stropper are two guys that he has been relying on outside of Christian Brown, who's been a playoff hero for them. And both Pickett and Stropper, they've been running the part. Yeah, they've been really good. So the next foul will put them over the limit here, but it's only 4.3 seconds. Here's the trigger. Powell got it with two seconds. He's going to have to launch from 18, miss it off the front of the rim, but he draws the foul. So we'll give the Clippers two free throw opportunities and maybe Denver a final shot in the first. Norman Powell has been using these chances, whether it be Toronto or L.A., and here with the Clippers in his new home after he had that Heroic run with the Raptors in 2019. People talk about that and how and Henry and I with Kawhi Leonard. He's averaging 12.7 this season. Solid for a bench guy. 
Yeah, and he's shooting 52.6% from the field as well. And again, I feel like I'm getting old. Norman Powell's already 30 years old on that side. So again, these are names that we've seen for a long time, but the scoring production's always been there, whether it's been with the Port Portland Trail Blazers or the Clippers. He misses it. An opportunity for May at the buzzer! They can't knock it down off of a, another opportunity there, but at the end of one, it's 28-26 Nuggets. I got to get the Clippers credit for keeping close with the defending champions because they fought them every inch for inch throughout this game and for hanging up and hanging in there. We, we can talk about no Jamal Murray, but whenever you go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the defending champions, that is always a plus. Yes, it is, Alec, on that side. And again, admittedly for me, a first NBA assignment. I know you've been through a few of these already on that side. But I want to watch and pay attention to how Ty Lue manages the minutes between George, Leonard, Westbrook, and Harden because you want to be able to stagger them, right? So then that way you always probably have two of them on the floor at the same time because when you're looking at the rest of the bench, I can trust... Uh, Terrence Mann, and I can trust Norman Powell to be able to get some points. But you do got Bones Highland, Musa Diabate, the Michigan man on that side, Amir Coffey, Kobe Brown, P.J. Tucker. Those those are names, but they're probably not names that are going to score too much. Not really. When you look at guys, when you look at Terrence Mann and Norman Powell, those are the first two names that come to mind with the Clippers bench. With the others. You, you could rely on them on more leverage situations, such as P.J. Tucker on the defensive end, him being 38 years old and coming over from the James Harden trade as well. He's more relied on defense, and that showed when the, when the Bucks won that championship. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens with the rest of this for the Nuggets on that side. Feel free to take over the second. I'll try to back you up whenever I can. Hopefully the delay is not too bad on this side. But we're watching this from the TNT side of the stream. And then when we get into the half, we'll just go through a host of updates in between the NBA and the NHL. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. It's, and admittedly, I'll, I'll say, for the two other games that I've looked, be, looked at before, those were very close games. Perhaps you could say those were classics as well between the Milwaukee Bucks and Philadelphia 76, which was tight and down to the wire. And Damian Lewis' debut where he put up 38, if I remember, and then you got the Lakers and Suns in their second meeting. Anytime that we get to watch LeBron James and Kevin Durant go up against each other, it is must-watch basketball. And that was, once again, the case. Yeah, you absolutely nailed it, especially on the first side of it when you had uh, Giannis and Damian Lillard on that debut side. It kind of maybe can be a hand-in-glove fit, I think, for the Milwaukee Bucks because you need that secondary goal scoring. And again, you lose Drew Holiday. I mean, that's a piece to lose, and you replace it with Damian Lillard. Maybe that can put Milwaukee back in the spot to be one of the best in the East, but they still got to contend with Boston. Yeah, these two may be going neck and neck as the season goes along, and, and up and about with Holiday and his new team and with the Celtics, but that could also mean more opportunities for Marjan Beauchamp as well. Yeah, there's going to be good depth that you have to figure out on that side. you got a new coaching system for the Milwaukee Bucks as well, because I don't believe they have Mike Budenholzer anymore. So there's still a lot left to do here for Milwaukee, and I think the only thing that's going to matter to them is uh, trying to win a Larry O'Brien trophy. Yeah, that is. The same task that they did so in 2021 as we're back here for the second quarter as Norman Powell 
He's still out there on the court. Alec Nava joined here by John Ott for the second quarter. Russell Westbrook receiving the feed from Powell. And Westbrook to the paint as he drives right in. Cannot get a lane. And Zubats with a block there. Here from one to Nuggets. Christian Brown picks it up. Driving to the rim and lays it in. The end-to-end sequence from Denver. How about this? If you can get any kind of bucks like that from Christian Braun, that's only going to improve his confidence. He's a lengthy guard. He's got a lot of speed. Uh, yeah, the, the native of Burlington, Kansas, went to college basketball with the U of Kansas and KU. Nice step back green from Russ. Or as he, or that was not a three. That was just a deep two. That's what he meant to say. It's a two-point game as Denver has it from Reggie Jackson. And the pass inside the arc. KCP is looking, passes it right inside, he turns it over, here's a two-on-one, Paul George to Russ, and no can do, ball is still loose, Bam picks it up, and leads it for Russ, he makes his second try, 30 all here in Denver with Russ showing no quit. That's good effort there, to be able to pick that up for man and leave it right back for Russ to get another chance. There you have it, and you nailed it, John, with the mid-range jump shot, which Kawhi's been known for. So it's other guys like Jimmy Butler, Michael Jordan, as you name, as Reggie Jackson gives Denver back to lead. And now Zubac to the lane, he draws the foul on Christian Brown. So, like, I'll say this with Evita Zubats, I don't know if the Lakers maybe regret that one from several years ago. I know it's a much different team now, but I always think Evita Zubats... It's pretty much a walking double-double. And no matter what, he even, he's not someone that you expect to score a lot of points, but he can still get the job done as a high-end role player with the Clippers. Zubac missed the first free throw, but he's a reliable center who can put up a double-double in points and rebounding. Yeah, it's just not something that you find as soon as you wake up out of bed. Most uh, NBA teams will always have a job if he can put up those type of numbers. And Zubac makes the second and free throw. Always nice to have a reliable center like Zubac at your disposal. Even though the Lakers, they're using Anthony Davis more at the five spot as opposed right. to his traditional spot at the four. Reggie Jackson on the fees, Washington tight by Matt. Outside pass, Joss kept in by Brown. Gets a screen as he goes right around Westbrook. Almost loses it. Now it's a fight for the ball. And this play is whistled dead on a personal by Powell. And he is complaining about it. It kind of looked like Christian Braun to me. At least it was a little bit out of control there. Paul, that's a tough luck foul in my opinion. It feels, like, it feels to me that Brown was tripped up by, not by Powell, but this is a tough call on Powell. This is Reggie Jackson. He based Terrence Mann gets a screen from Najee. Jackson to the rim. Smoked it up high. Too strong from him. Offensive board here. Nicely done from Zeke Naji to throw, pick up the trash, and put it in its place. That's what you want. You want those minutes off the bench and that hustle and that spark plug. That's what he provided there. At the back up to Nikola Jokic as Paul George steps back and evens it up at 34 all. This step back triple from PG, and that one's rated PG-13. He's looking in prime form, Alec. Of course he is, like, like he's back in Indiana, as we noted. The feet inside, the first shot doesn't go, the rebound to man. Clippers pick it up. These two teams going neck for neck like it's the playoffs here from three years ago. To the rim, 
That's some athleticism I didn't know he had. Get up, young sir. <laughs> Go up and get it <laughs> for, the, for the sophomore guard from the, the KU. Zubac smoked it, the offensive board to the Clippers. Zubac lost the handle, but gets fouled right in front. That could have been more dangerous for the Clippers. Wow. Yeah, Russell Westbrook kind of threw Zubats a little offhand hot potato. He just had to try to stay to, and work with it to get to the lane, but he has a chance to get two free throws. But that is an electrifying fast break. Christian Braun, that's a good no-look from Reggie there. Yeah, it's, like, it's like the type of plays that LeBron does on a nightly basis. Yeah. And, and for Reggie Jackson, he, he took a page out of that playbook. The no-look pass and, and, the, and the dunk the cherry on top of Zubats. See if he can make both on this one here and tie this game up. This has been a pretty competitive game so far. I'm enjoying this. The both of us indeed have been enjoying this. Feels like we're being taken back to a playoff treat from the bubble between these two teams as Zubac makes both. It is an even game, 36 all, as Mike Malone is instructing his guys from the sidelines. Denver gets set right up. No sign of Jokic right back. There's a poke there. Jackson has to rush back to the half-court line to get it back and forth through a backcourt violation. Jackson to the rim. There's a foul called as Powell goes down hard. So Jackson tried to probe a couple times, but yeah, it's going to be an off-ball foul there. If Powell got another call that went up against him after falling down the lane, I think he'd be a little bit upset. It feels like Powell is a little bit upset about it. But you you got to wonder about what the officials have been emphasizing in the offseason about cracking down to emphasize less floppy. I can tell you this on the side of the replay that I just got. Uh, Reggie Jackson got his hand in no man's land and hit Norman Powell, and he had a reason to uh, be upset about that one. As Powell did get called for a second foul, he got hit below the belt. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. there is a notion that the both of us can see that there was a little light shove from Reggie Jackson on Norman Powell, and Powell, he had a reason to be upset about that. Jackson made his first one, here comes the second one, he sinks both. It is a two-point ball game here at the Mile High City, as we see Paul George and Russell Westbrook right back on the court. Feels like a throwback to the OKC days between these two. Russ, he breaks free from the double team, Najee is on him. Russ to the rim, and that one just short as this was well below the rim. Christian Brown fighting Peyton Watson. Oh, he's Jackson going over to the left side. Wide open free. All day. All day for KCP. Five-point lead for Denver. Man, that is a blown assignment there. KCP was really good from distance last year. You give him those, he's going to make that. You give him those good looks, he's going to make those any day of the week. And there is a traveling call on Russell Westbrook from what we're seeing here. Yep, he shoveled his feet. He didn't dribble the basketball there. Now he gets tied up a little bit with Reggie Jackson as the referee's got to go out and talk to them on that side. Things might get a little testy here. 
And it feels there's a little chippiness already early on between Russ and Reg. <laughs> just as Reg goes to the bench, they're actually going to call this, they're going to say, yeah, they're going to say this is a travel on Russ. So Jokic is going to be back out on the court and Zeke Nagy heads to the bench. Well, like you can say this, the personnel for Michael Malone, they did a great job. You give Jokic a little bit of an extended rest here. That's exactly what you want from the bench unit. You need your others to step up in big ways, and that's exactly what Mike Malone has been in doing so. Giving these young guys motivation to be prepared mentally for games. Whether it be through his jokes or through his, through his serious, personal, serious side of his personality, who he is has a bit of humor attached to him, just as what is known about him. Bit of laughing about him and his jokes on the Lakers. It's always good to have that. He's a he's a guy that has complete command of the locker room. And as you said, in the longest tenure since June 2015, doesn't happen very often. Only Pop, Spolstra, and Steve Kerr have been coaches longer. This is when you know that when you have a sustained culture, Long, longevity among co among team culture on a team between Pop, Spo, Kerr, and Malone. And Jalen Pickett, no look pass for Jokic. And Jokic, that was just short, but that would have been a highlight real pass from Jalen Pickett, and Jokic made it in. Here's Russ on the other side. He'll look, and he'll go inside. Aaron pass, and one that he, he was thinking that he should have had back as he was looking for Jokic. And Zubac as Jokic easily intercepted it. In and out on this free was Jokic. Boy, he's been looking for double-digit effort here. It's Harden. Oh, day. Kaboom. That was actually Kawhi, as I confused between him and James Harden. But the cornrows for Kawhi, he's been shooting that free even more. And Alec, I can say at least it was a pocket pass in a wide-open area that actually hit someone else rather than going into the stands. Good three there. So off the... Off the turnover from Jokic, Westbrook misses, but the Clippers get it back on the offensive board. PG, watched by Gordon, goes to his right for Kawhi, at the top of the key, and PJ on him, goes back for PG. PG driving, and then a step back three on the way, short, as it hits the near rim. On the other side, Pickett, finding a wide open man to his left side, kaboom! Nuggets by five, KCP does it again! I know it's the fast break, Alec, and it's a three-on-two situation, but two times KCP is wide open. I don't care if it's George, Harden, Leonard, whoever it is, Russ, somebody's got to pick him up. It's somebody. You can't just blow assignments endless times and just focus on the big guys. For all the times you talk about Nikola Jokic and the double teams, he's going to find the open man. Yeah. And, but this time it wasn't even Jokic, it was Jalen Pickett. And I know the Clippers, they call timeout. This is a good a good timeout for them to take as they want to get their reads back together and to get a chance to exhale over at the sidelines. When you're talking about reads, again, I was watching something a little bit before I uh, went to sleep yesterday on the YouTube side. I was looking at some things for the Clippers and I saw some comments 
from Tyron Lu. He ended up cursing on one of those, which he didn't mean to, but he goes, you pretty much can't sleepwalk through assignments. Right now, that's what I'm seeing ever since the trade acquisition of James Harden. I want us to be smarter about our pickups, our defensive assignments, and run our offense, and not try to worry about who's going to get the ball. Let's just play basketball and play the right way. And I think that's something that he's probably going to be talking about now in the timeout. You know, this is more so like one of those guys that the Clippers traded away to get Harden could come into play. They sound like K.J. Martin or Nick Batum or Robert Covington, who they all trade away to Philadelphia to get Harden, and which they believe would be the final piece to the puzzle for a potential championship. But they already have lost five straight, and they're in desperation mode as they cannot afford to lose six straight, not even to the defending champions. But you cannot... And I mean, you cannot continue blowing defensive assignments on KCP. I don't care who is shooting that free. You have to cover that man. Exactly. And you know what's interesting from what you just talked about in the James Harden deal? Thinking about those players like Batum and what they lost, those were critical role pieces that the Clippers used to score points off the bench. So, I mean, okay, you go ahead and you get an all-star in James Harden. That's great. You already had pretty much three of those anyway. And those bench pieces and that bench scoring, that's going to prove to be pivotal, especially when you get into postseason basketball. And, and another guy is we could mention about bench pieces, Mason Plumlee. Yeah. They don't have tonight because he has an MCL sprain and he's out for four weeks. Yeah, so there'll be a lot of other pieces that we'll be talking about for the Clippers going forward, and we'll have to see how it works. Again, as you mentioned, it's still early in the year, but 0-5 on the road and 3-6, and I think it makes it a little bit easier now in the NBA that you can possibly make the play-in tournament and have that happen, but honestly, Alec, for a team like this, I don't even think a play-in tournament makes much sense. I think you want to at least get a six seed and get yourself away from that because you want the rest. You don't want to have to worry about these extra games, and hopefully as the weeks go on and we get closer to December here, the Clippers can start to pick it up a little bit. Yeah, at least a six seed will be better for the Clippers as opposed to the play-in tournament because when we look back, in 22, they made it to the play-in tournament the year when Kawhi missed an entire season. Paul George has been their best player, and it was noticeable, unfortunately, because he missed the second play-in game. The Clippers missed out on the playoffs, and then you go over to last year, they made it to the playoffs entirely, with Kawhi dropping 38 on the Suns in game one, but then the, and they lost four games straight ever since, yeah. and lost in the first round to the Suns. As James Harden is back immediately, it's a foul call. But the, but, uh, but the playoffs, making them outright, would be more comfortable for the Clippers than the, just the play-in. Yeah, because this is a veteran-laden team. They're going to want the rest. They're going to want everything else and get everything situated. When you get yourself into a play-in, you never know what's going to happen on that side. Leave that for the Miami Heat. Don't leave that for the Clippers. <laughs> Dave Free for MPJ. Well, earlier there was some nice tic-tac-toe passing. Oh, my! What the Clippers just saved it on the inbound as Kawhi drives it in. Spino Rama fakes the shot. He gets fouled hard. Might have been some contact on the face from Jalen Pickett. But that was, a that was a beautiful sequence between Jokic and KCP on the passing plays on the other side. 
Yeah, they seem to be in lockstep with each other. I know it's been several seasons for Jokic now and KCP, but I just love the way that they space the floor. And again, as you talk about, both the players in Jokic and KCP can let it fly, and uh, that's what makes them so dangerous. Even more dangerous that Denver utilizes run-and-gun offense to perfection from Mike Malone. Inbound to Harden as he is standing over the Commissioner's Cup logo at the 52-80. Harden, ground Jokic. Gets Jokic to commit, and he's going to shoot two. So a little bit more of that Houston Rockets offense there for James Harden as he's able to draw the foul. Again, for anything else I can say, James Harden's probably one of the very best in the league still at drawing fouls. It, yeah, it, no, it doesn't matter any way, which way. They don't ask how many. They ask how you draw the fouls. That time he did get Jokic to commit and, and fool him. He, he made Jokic look silly that time. And he makes the first one. And Harden showing all the, the strengths that he has shown in the Mike D'Antoni system. And he's, he makes two of them. But you'd reckon that he, he played his best in the Mike D'Antoni system. Yeah, he did, because it's pretty much his ball and nobody else's, and it's his show. Again, we've seen some uh, a 70-point triple-double from James Harden. He has that kind of skill. And Jokic, game three, and he gets a standing O from Nuggets faithful here in the final 450 of this half. Nuggets by six. Clippers running it up. Here's Harden who draws a double team and a pass cross court to the right side where this is Kawhi driving on Gordon. He stops and fires mid-range. This rebound taken up by MPG. Nuggets go across. Here's a deep two off the near rim. And this may have been the last touch by Clipper. Both teams pointing in opposite directions. We're not sure who has it. And that running gun three right now for the Denver Nuggets, it's getting a little bit dangerous for the Clippers because you get Porter Jr., you get Jokic, you get good-looking players, opportunities to shoot, and they're going to make you pay. And, man, that uh, young picture that we have of the four players that are on the Clippers, that really trips you up, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> all California boys, that's, what, that's the big theme in common. And they're all playing together for a California team. Jackson's free is short, rebound by Kawhi. Who played college ball at San Diego State under Steve Fisher? The Aztecs made to the national championship game last season, lost to Dan Hurley's Yukon Huskies. Here is Kawhi, opposite MPJ, mid-range shot, double rim, rebound by Jokic. As he goes up, pass it over to the left side for Jackson, who is up against Harden. Reggie Jackson drives in, the reverse layup from Reggie, 49-41, Nuggets. He's been showcasing some athleticism. Reggie Jackson still got some skills. You remember him from the OKC Thunder? Oh, that is for sure. With Reggie Jackson, no matter if it's with the Thunder, the Pistons, or with the Clippers, hit the team that traded him to the Nuggets, in which he won a ring with last season. That trade happened just last year, as it says, is to think just as there's a foul call. Again, I'm looking at it, and I'll just say it as plain as day. Again, you can't have all starters hit at once here, but Kawhi Leonard has been pretty quiet. Two of five, just five points right now. Yeah, he almost lost the handle that time, but he picked it right back up. Harden goes out in front, mid-range shot, and it hit the window off the rim, stayed out. Jokic on the other way. He got called for a kickball violation. 
buys MPJ from mid-range. Left side knocks it down. We have our first double-digit lead tonight. And the Clippers use their bird timeout. I know that's a great move there, Alec, for MPJ on that side to work his way into the mid-range. But if I'm Ty Lue, I'm a little bit upset at the lack of defensive intensity. And that's the problem that I would throw out as far as this trade and everything else is concerned. Not to stockpile everything on James Harden, but he's not one of those guards that's going to get out there and really give you that effort defensively. And when you have those runouts, leakouts from three, I mean, Denver can really kill you because every single person on the floor can really space it. And everyone can, and, and not even not just Jokic, but also you, you pay attention to Aaron Gordon, MPJ, Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, KCP. Everyone is playing their, yeah. their role. And they're playing up to that role. And, and when they get Jamal Murray back, it feels like Denver will go on to have three second options on the court at the same time. Yeah, that's an embarrassment of riches on that side. And for Jamal Murray, hopefully when he comes back, he can look like much like he did last year, or even the bubble version that it was, because Jamal Murray has really grown into be one of those great players. Again, for as much as we talk about Jokic, I think when Murray does come back, you kind of have to mention him in the same light because he really can score the basketball. Yeah, I remember about him outscoring both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in Game 7 in the second round bubble series in that 3-1 comeback. 40 points to Kawhi and PG's 34 combined. And, and Murray he needs to be in that same consideration of high-end second, high second options in, in the league and perhaps some all-star nominations. Yeah, I think that's perfectly said on that So It's probably right where you'd want to be. Again, usually you kind of run an offense through a star. Not everybody can all eat at the same time, but those high-end options that can play without the ball and kind of run in the system are very important. And Michael Malone, again, not many, player, not many teams can say your point guard is essentially your center, but that's the way it works. Jokic is going to be able to get some easy looks for Murray when he comes back, and I think that they'll continue to flow. <laughs> There's not a lot of centers who can also play point guard. We, we talk about Jokic, perhaps some some flashes of Joel Embiid, Victor Wembanyama up in the future. Yeah. But another name that I want to mention up there, Alperin Shangoon with the Rockets, who I previously compared him, him to a younger version of DeMontis Sabonis just before his 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 growth and development. Now now I see some comparisons to him and a younger version of Nikola Jokic. You and I talked about him I think several weeks ago when we were covering a game on that side and I, I really like Shangoon too. I think the sky's the limit for that young man. And if that young team under that side for Ime Udoka can continue to improve, Houston Rockets are gonna be a problem here for years to come. And yeah, I'll admit the Rockets are my NBA team. Is right to you, and it's kind of weird to say this, given that there are no NBA teams in Pittsburgh. But guess family ties can't and hurt sure. if anything. So, but and then again, it's what a difference that a coaching hire can make between Steven Silas and Ime Udoka, and they're emphasizing accountability and defense in Houston. This is the way that Ime Udoka basketball works. As this mid-range shot was short from Kawhi, this ball goes out of bounds. Last touch by Clipper. Denver will get it back with 2.49 left of the half. 
Yeah, everybody can be an offensive team and aspire to do that. And it could be flashy and be entertaining at nights, but if you can't play defense and you can't get stops, you're not going to win anything. That is the big emphasis there as this long shot is short. And here's the long pass for KG. And his dunk rolls out. A rare miss from Paul George. Here's the Nuggets the other way. Tic-tac-toe. Nikola Jokic caps off an unbelievable passing sequence. And the first tech from PG in the wake of that because he was angry with how his missed dunk turned out. I'm PG, I'm wide open, why don't I just lay it in instead of getting attacked? Oh, that, that, that's a bad look. You're having a nice night from, the, from this game, and then and you get the tech called your way. Oh, that, that's a bad look. That one of the referees, that, that would be Natalie Sago. Yeah, she called the tech on Paul George, and PG, he's got to be upset about that. I gotta say that that he missed that dunk, but here's Norman Powell from the left corner. Airball's in for the foul. Man, and Silo, when you just saw his expression, Alec, he was none too pleased. Yeah, if I'm Ty Lue, I gotta be displeased with that. <laughs> I mean, you're go I mean, PG is going for a highlight reel, two-handed dunk, and you got two guys behind you just laid in from that point. Yeah. No, he's gotta know better than that because on the other side. The, the uh, Denver Nuggets pretty much pouring out the Harlem Globetrotters with four passes and a land. So now we have Norman Powell, who is shooting three free throws. So he makes the first one and then the second one. And it's pretty rare that you see someone shooting three free throws. The only times that we see this is when they're getting fouled from beyond the arc. Here's the third one. And sharp shooter, three for three. Norman Powell did what Paul George did earlier. The second time they've had three free throws. If you if remember going back to that Battle of L.A. Thriller, just we get another foul, this time on James Harden. Paul George hit all three free throws to send that Battle of L.A. into overtime, in which the Lakers won with, with the two big stars going out for 30 points, at least 30 points from each team between Kawhi, PG, LeBron, and AD. I know you just mentioned the referee's name on that side again. Yeah, we'll go ahead and throw that out there again because now uh, James Harden's a little bit upset with her as well. He's a little upset with the ref after that shooting foul that was called his direction on Reggie Jackson. But we need to mention again that Harden is not someone that can normally play defense on any given night because that's not his type of game. And the one time where he does do so is basically... Uh, in and in between some long long, long time frames. Especially game seven when he blocked Luke Dort against the OKC Thunder and then forced Dort to throw out of bounds when he opened up his leg just as Jackson makes both. Yeah, it's very selective defense there for James Harden is the best way you can say it. Very selective. This time he's on offense as the Clippers running around. Powell from the left side knocks it down from 10 feet out. Norman Powell, the former Raptor, with the dime from PG. Joker over to Jackson, who lays it in as he runs right down for the lane to behind the back pass from the Joker. Man, that just looks too easy. They've done that and practiced thousands of times. 
<laughs> you got to make sure if you're the LA Clippers again, it's been a little bit of a run for Denver in this second quarter. You got to find a way to answer that when you get into the uh, third here. Three tips for the Clippers. They miss all of them. Joker grabs his board. Empty table of 113 left finds AG working on Harden. It goes his will with his back tied up against him. MPJ for free. Hennessy fires, no foul. Powell on the board as he misses. Last minute of this first half. Powell playing a wide open Kawhi from the left corner. Kaboom indeed. 57 and two kicks left. Clippers within nine. It's badly needed for the claw there. He's got to get hot. And you need those hot runs to keep on going right down the stretch. No matter what point it can be. Joker on Harden. Doesn't go right inside the paint. Now he does. And it doesn't shoot it. He does so now. And he banks it in. The double digit lead restored. Every which way for Jokic. Even for somebody like between Harden, Powell, all that. Too much size for Jokic. Just too much indeed. Too, it, it be, basically, you put the fast guy, he's not big enough. You put the tall guy, he's not strong enough. Yes. If he's a lightweight, just as Paul George knocks down the free, and the Nuggets, they're going to take their time with this, with a three-second difference between shot clock and game clock. Well, that was a good open look there for the Clippers. They kind of looked like the Nuggets for a second, as Paul George was wide open on the left wing. Now Reggie Jackson taking his time of it. Nice rush from Paul George trying to intercept that. Porter from deep doesn't connect. Now here may be a desperation test. Paul George from half court and just short. Would have been nice to see someone score on half court buzzer beater, but no work, but no work to be found there. But we can bring up Tyreek Evans with the Sacramento Kings and his half court buzzer beater to win the game for the Kings that one time. But still, it's a 60-52 lead for the Nuggets heading into halftime. That's a good-looking second quarter for the Nuggets. Again, highlighted from the Christian Braun gym that they're showing some of the things on TNT. But it's good movement there off the three-on-ones. couple blown defensive assignments that you talked about gave KCP some wide-open looks. A little bit better team basketball for the Nuggets there, more so than the Clippers, especially in that second. What we're emphasizing about fundamental basketball, that, that what Mike Malone has been emphasizing in and about with the team. Fourth longest tenure coach in the league, and for the longest tenure coaches, you talk about fundamentals. That's what Greg Popovich emphasized with Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Mono Ginobili, and with the first few years of Kawhi Leonard on the team. Yeah, that's what you got to have on that side. If you don't have the fundamental, if you don't have the play, just like it is for any of that in sports, if you're not carrying that, you're probably not doing your team any good on that side. We'll go ahead and get you across the NBA scoreboard before we flip into the NHL, only because we're covering an NBA game today on this side. So let's get into the finals. So the Mavericks, they haven't gone very gone down too much this year, but they do at home and the road at the Smoothie King Center. I believe that's what it's still called in New Orleans. It is uh, 131 to 110. We will see who was playing on that side. Is it's Brandon Ingram? Bi has 25, nine rebounds, seven assists, and two steals. Five steals for Herb Jones and 19 points. That's some excellent defense. And Zion, he does play in this game. 
had 19.7 rebounds, 5 assists. On the other side for the Dallas Mavericks, they must have done a really good job because Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic held to just 17 and 16 respectively, and Luka was a minus 26 on the floor. I wonder how this happens over at the Mavericks backcourt because they're 8 of 3 to start off, 8 and 2 heading into tonight because they are tied for first, losing on tiebreak with the Nuggets because of head-to-head with Dallas losing in the in-season tournament group play. But defense has been a value that Willie Green has been emphasizing between Herb Jones, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Dyson Daniels as well, who has three steals. So the big surprise that we have, Jordan Hawkins, last we saw of him, he was a national champion at UConn, and he put up 25 off the bench in 33 minutes. Holy cow, there's some good college performance, and you're right, again, that's one of the things that we covered. It hasn't been that long ago on that side, and it's amazing to me how much these guys now, and it's much different from 10, 15 years ago. A lot of these guys out of college or anyone else in the G League, they come out, they're ready to play as soon as the NBA game starts, and it's impressive to see. Now, this is an MVP-level performance defensively, if I've ever seen one. So don't mind the score line. It's 123-87 as OKC beats the San Antonio Spurs. And we know it was going to be about Victor Wimbanyama and Chad Holmgren. But again, I just want to give the usual shout-out to SGA. Because again, I think he's a complete all-around player. How about this? 10-16 from the field, 28 points. He's got 6 rebounds, 5 assists. He had 7 steals today. And that's the, that's the stat line that pops out from SGA. We all know what he can do on offense, and the 28 points is basically an everyday thing for him now. The seven steals was the highlight of the night for him. An impressive defensive effort from SGA in shutting down the Spurs team as a whole, because nobody in the Spurs even gathered more than 15 points, not even Wimbanyama, Zach Collins, or Julian Champagne. Yeah, you had Zach Collins, Victor Wimanyama, Jeremy Sochan, all a minus 31 on the floor. They kind of got ran a little bit. Josh Giddy was very efficient to get his 18 points, 7-11 from the field. Again, the leaders there tied in between Shimpani and Collins, 123-87 as the Spurs fall to 3-8. and OKC improves to 7-4, and and it's amazing. You know, I was talking about it, you go from Russ Westbrook to Shea Gildress-Alexander. It's always nice when you have a point guard that could be an absolute leader. The Nets, they get a big win over the Magic. It's 124-104. to Again, for Brooklyn, it has uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, 10 of 18, 5 of 10 from 3 for 29 points. He had 9 assists, 21 points for Mikael Bridges. Again, I'm making sure I don't miss Cam Thomas, but it doesn't look like he played today on that side with his ankle sprain. On the other side, Franz Wagner, the Michigan man, had 21 for the Magic, but they fall to 5-5. Five and five. Brooklyn improves to 6-5. and five. The big question that we were having about the Nets is how they would do in the absence of Cam Thomas. Because Thomas is someone who can light up for the scoreboard, making 40-point nights look like it's an everyday routine for him, making it look so easy. Well, other, team, other players, they, they have 40-point nights there, but Thomas is making a living out of them, and it's just his second full-time year with Brooklyn. So this is an outside look at this next score here between the Philadelphia 76ers 
and the Indiana Pacers. I guess some things can't be explained, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. So Tyrese Halliburton had 33 points on 11 of 18, shooting 7 of 12 from deep. Man, he's been ridiculous. And then Obi Toppin, the former New York Nick, 27 points. Bruce Brown with 14. Miles Turner with 17. So here's the thing. The Sixers lose 132-126. The Pacers improve the 7-4. and four. That is really good. I think that's something a lot of us did not expect. I certainly didn't. But here's the situation. You have DeAnthony Melton with 30, Tyrese Maxey with 27, and Joel Embiid with 39. So Melton goes 10 for 10 from the line, Maxey goes 7 of 7, and Embiid goes 17 of 17, and yet the Sixers still lose. Oh, that's, there's something that needs to be talked about more often. That the Sixers, yeah, they're getting their contributions from their starting five. Like, there's no doubt about that between Embiid, Maxi Melton, Tobias Harris, you, you need to have your bench guys a step up because when we look at from the other guys outside of Harris and Bead, Maxi and Melton, just eight points combined between Robert Covington, Marcus Morris, Paul Reed, and Patrick Beverly. Basically, there was nobody from the bench that was stepping up. I mean, nobody. It was nowhere to be found. Yeah, and again, as we talked about, when you even think about the Nuggets and everything else, how bench scoring could be so important. For Philadelphia, they fall to 8-2, and they went 34-35 from the line and lost. But as Alex said, you have all those points from the starters, and again, you combine for just six bench points. It's probably why you're going to lose. And also, I gave up 132 to the Pacers on that side. Hey, maybe the Pacers are a better team than we all thought. Yeah, especially with Miles Turner at 15 of the 17 points in the fourth quarter as well. Even though he fouled out this game, perhaps the Pacers are looking like a much better team than what we've seen in previous years. And a much better, much improved team thanks to Rick Carlisle as their coach and Tyrese Halliburton and, and the nice addition of Obi Toppin, who I figured will be a number one option or number one option on a different team. Not, what am I saying? One, number one option. Because that's Halliburton right now. He'll be a better fit on a team outside the Knicks because they already have Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Right. And Toppin is fitting in nicely with them. Yes, he is. And again, Jimmy Butler in this next score, 111-105, as Miami gets the win over Charlotte. They improve to 7-4. and four. Charlotte falls to 3-7. and seven. Miami's off to a slow start. Can't tell that to Jimmy Butler, though, because they've started to get percolate of late. 10-14 of 14 from the field, 11-14 from the line for 32 points for Jimmy. Bam had 21-11-4 assists and 3 steals and a block. What else is new on that side? Javi Haquez out of UCLA had 17 off the bench as well. P.J. Washington had a big scoring game for the Charlotte Hornets. He had 32, and LaMelo Ball had a double-double as he finished with 28 points, 11 assists, and 3 steals. You know, some things can't be explained with the heat and with the heat way of how they're going things. It appears that they're doing better when they're an underdog rather than they are as a favorite, but some things really can't be explained. But Jimmy Butler, doing the typical Jimmy Butler thing, and Bam Adebayo doing the typical Bam Adebayo thing, just as per usual. But you know, there's something about Jimmy Butler and how he performs better in the playoffs. Even though this in-season tournament is basically like a mini-playoffs right inside the middle of the regular season. 
like what the MLS does. You just gotta tell essentially Alec then the Jimmy Buckets that it's playoff time, and he turns into Hemi Buckets, as you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the that's what the logic we're going through. So Utah, they get a 115-99 win over the Portland Trailblazers. For Portland, it was Jeremy Grant and DeAndre Ayton, 26 and 22, Ayton had a double double as he got. 10 rebounds and 3 assists. On the other side, Jordan Clarkston. Sometimes he comes off the bench, sometimes he starts. Well, he started today, had 30 points on 13 and 19 shooting. Lori Markinen had 21 on 8 of 18. Uh, 10 rebounds and uh, 14 points for John Collins. Again, I'm used to him being on the Atlanta Hawks, but the uh, Jazz get a big win today. We can be talking about the Hawks next, but Lori Markinen and Jordan Clarkston been a nice one-two combo for Utah when they're, as they're both elevated to the starting lineup. It appears that Utah's embraced the small ball mentality with Collins and Markkinen being alternating between the four and five. That can work out. Markkinen better suited at the five, Collins at the four. But you go one-two three between Corkson, Ochai Agbaye, and Keontae George. So basically small ball for them, which seems to be working out in a sense for the rebuilding Jazz. Yeah, it's worked out pretty good for them. I think they got a lot there for Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, and I like what they're doing going forward, especially when you think about Danny Ainge on, on uh, that side. They're going to be able to get the job done, and I like where they're headed. So, as Alec just mentioned, it's the Atlanta Hawks and the Detroit Pistons. Man, the Pistons fall to 2-10. and 10. Atlanta Hawks improved to 6-4. and four. So for the Hawks, DeJounte Murray, he put on a show, had 32 points, 10 assists, and 3 steals. I thought the Pistons, they had some really balanced scoring. I'm not trying to blow smoke on this side, but Bagley had 22 on 9 of 12. That's not something you normally see as he had 22 and 11, but I want to just highlight for just a second, Oscar Thompson, the 5th pick. Pistons had the worst record. They fall to 5. They get Oster at 5. He had 21. He had 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. I'm not going to call Oster Thompson the second coming of Dennis Rodman. But, man, he can really rebound for a 6-7 guard. Yeah, he can. He can play either at the guard position or the forward position. But for him to get 8 rebounds as a guard and then 5 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks... He is he's showing that all-around ability that Detroit has been preaching when they drafted him fifth overall. A lot of talk about discussion between the twins, between him and Eamon Thompson. We haven't seen a lot of Eamon Thompson in Houston, but All-Star has been looking like he is an everyday NBA starter already, and it's just his 12th career game. I don't want to interrupt anything else that was going on, but I happened to glance over at the halftime. Did you see what was going on between the Warriors and the Jazz? I mean, with Draymond Green? Yes. Was that what? It was a flat-out choke job of Rudy Gobert. I mean, they, they, were, they, were, they were going back and forth right at each other's throats. Like, when we were looking at it, what on earth is this chaos? We mentioned about bench query altercations. <laughs> and sometimes when we think of bench query altercations, we're both reminded of Game 5 between the Astros and Rangers with Brian Abreu and Adolis Garcia. And it's not exactly that, but these two were right each other's 
So there was multiple ejections from what we heard. There's three. Draymond Green's gone. Clay Thompson might be gone as well. Rudy Gobert might be gone as well. So we'll keep you uh, up to date just in case anything else happened. But it's a wild scene. I'd be surprised, honestly, from what we saw, if Adam Silver didn't uh, start handing out some fines. Yeah, it feels like the, the, the silver hammer is going to be slammed down <laughs> onto the gap. Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Jada McDaniels. I feel they're going to get some uh, some money out their pockets and and give them right over to the commissioner. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get to all of the hockey finals on this side in the intermission, but I'll let you take the reins on it, Alec. Is there anything that you want to hit first? All right. Yes, I might want to go lightning round here. There's only one game that's happening right now because every other game has ended as the Panthers and the Sharks is 1-1. And San Jose, Ryan Lomberg, Mike Hoffman at the goals late in the first period. And now to get this quick recap going, let's start off in Columbus, where is the Penguins and the Blue Jackets. A hat-trick and assist for Sidney Crosby. Penguins get the win by debris. Eric Carlson, who now is on a six-game six point streak up to 11 points, four goals, seven assists. Bruins and Sabres. Boston gets another win, doing things in a business-like manner. They improved to 12-1-2, 2 victory, courtesy of a 32-save effort from Linus Olmark, a goal and two dimes from David Pasternak. Calgary squeaks out a win in Montreal, 2-1 to the final, thanks to Jacob Marksman, 34 saves, Connor Zaria going assist, and something that they need to get right back on track. Washington upsets Vegas on a 3 nothing shutout. Charlie Lindgren with a 35-save shutout. Logan Thompson is 28 in the losing effort. Dylan Strom, his first period goal, is stood as a game winner. The Blues shocked the Lightning by nothing. Thanks to Jordan Bennington and 30 saves. And Jordan Cairo with two goals, including the second goal. That's 16-17 in the second period. Two goals in 19 seconds, by the way, from St. Louis between Cairo and Jacob Verona. The Anaheim Ducks edge out the Nashville Predators 3-2 as Nashville falls to 5-10. Not the start that they were looking for when they got Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Shen, but Oral Fakanainen broke his first period goal in a comeback down to nothing. Anaheim wins 3-2 to go on. Dallas wins in overtime 4-3 over Arizona thanks to Matthew Shane. 42 seconds in as they get the win 4-3 and the Jets... Put the Devils on blast, 6-3. Nikolai Ehlers, Cole Perfetti, two points each. Kyle Carter with three points, two of them being goals. That is it for the NHL switch. Back so, to you, John. Thank you for that, Alec, on that side. Now, before I close that completely, I'm getting the play-by-play -play side. Might want to look out for the Penguins and the Caps right now. They're starting to roll. And they're rolling on all cylinders with the Penguins going on this nice winning streak. And Eric Carlson is finding itself to be fully in sync with the Penguins system. Back back like he's still in, in San Jose last year, like he's going at that one point pace. We don't expect another one point season from him, but he seems to be at that pace still. Yeah, it looks pretty good. And again, that's shocker. St. Louis Blues, my goodness, 5 nothing against the Lightning. They're really starting to score here.
Kawhi Leonard is at the line, so they will get a couple stops, and the Claw is going to try to shoot two free throws. He misses the first uncharacteristically. And that's one that we don't see very often because he's known as one of the best as players in the league between his time in San Antonio, Toronto, and L.A. He normally makes that, but let me he tell you, he just has just eight points. Now it's nine because of that free throw. And Kawhi is going to be one of those ones that need to get going. Again, they showed this a little bit on the TNT side in the mix of the Big Four now, if you want to call it that. They're all averaging about 15 points thereabouts, a little bit more, a little bit less. Is this a good drive by Zubots? Don't know if they're going to count the basket, though. Thought he got a piece of Jokic's shot, but they might give Nikola right at the line here. But this is right down the middle of the lane, and Zubots use that outstretch arm, pins it against the glass. It almost looked like it was going to be goaltending on Zubots. It was that close. It was just a narrow line between where the ball was and the glass. Just that close to being an automatic two points for Jokic. So Jokic, again, we talk about automatic opportunities. He's one of those free throw shooters that are above 80%. 19 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. The triple-double watch is definitely active as he continues to add to it. 62-53. It's been a pretty competitive game on this side. Again, the Nuggets perfect. The free throws 12 of 12. Clippers are 13 on a 16. Russ, step back. He can get inside the lane. He can't finish it, though. It was a chance for Jokic kind of stepped out of the way. And now MPJ down the lane. Euros. He looks like he got swatted by Zubats, but the whistle was blown on the floor. I think he might get the continuation to be able to get to the line. And if I'm Zubats... I think I'd be a little bit upset at that because I think he's played some strong defense here the last couple possessions. I don't think that foul was on Subaj in any way. That was a harder with contact on MPJ's elbow. But if I'm Zubaj, that was a good block attempt nonetheless because it was driving definitely and Zubaj read that lane the entire way. If it weren't for Harden, we can count that as a block. Thank you for that, Alec, on that. So I'm glad that you got that correction in there because, yeah, it was hard and something that hit the elbow. MPJ misses both. My goodness. As uh, it's 62-53, we're seeing some good free throw shooters not knocking down some of these easy ones. Zubats now with Paul George on the right wing. So I got it near the ball arena logo. I wonder how long it takes to put the paint and everything else back in as far as getting these court constructions. This, this is flipped back up in the air. Russ gets a piece of it. Shot clock down to 10 now. He's open if he wants to take this mid-range. Pocket pass between the legs of KCP. And thrown down by Zubats. Nice tic-tac-toe from Ross to Zubats like he's back in OKC. It was a bit of chaos over at the Denver end of the court because it looked like there was a bit of hot potato between the Nuggets and Clippers. But the Clippers looked to have won that edition of hot potato. Yes, they did. Again, Russell Westbrook, you can talk about some of the rebounds, some of the assists and everything else. He really is one of the best as far as running a point. The only thing you can really say is if Russell Westbrook ever turned himself into a premium three-point shooter, he could be one of the most unguardable people in the NBA. It's already really difficult to guard him, even at the advanced age, but that's really the only skill set he hasn't found as Jokic. He gets blocked by the claw. And now the Clippers are starting to make some great defense. Here's a pass. Russ fakes it inside to Zubats. He gets close. And this gets tipped in by Vitsa. So it's 62-57 now. 
We mentioned about getting a serviceable center like Zubac. Even though he's not among the elite tier of centers, he's doing enough to keep the Clippers in this game. He's a walking double-double, as you noted. Paul George, spin. He loses it to KCP. Still being battled with on the floor. KCP is going to get it to Reggie. Reggie, wide open, MPJ. It's good. 65-57 now. MPJ, who came out of Mizu, is a wide open look. And with the chaos on the other end, that's how you turn good defense into good offense. Paul George. Again, they've got to get it together. As Alex said, a little bit of chaos. There's some turnovers. Wide open. Extra ball movement. Kawhi Leonard fake it. Now he'll float it. He missed it, though. And MPJ Skies cleans up the mess here in Gordon. He can do whatever he wants here. This gets knocked away momentarily. Goes to Reggie. Lob inside. Good deflection there for Russ. Intercepted now. It's Harden's got the pill. He's got a near the ball arena logo. He's got it at the top of the key now. Here's a pass. Ilbots wants to throw it down over Gordon, but he draws the foul nonetheless. You got me. Well, Gordon, he jumped up, tried to block the <laughs> shot, but sometimes you got to know, don't jump up to try and block it. You're either risking yourself for the foul or getting put on a posterizer. Uh, if, if not for either one of them, try and draw a charge. Yeah, again, you got Aaron Gordon and Navitza Zubats jumping up in the air. We're going to get a timeout here. You got those two jumping up in the air. There's a chance for some fireworks and some bodies hitting the floor. We'll go to break 835 up in the third at 65-57 Denver. And, and these two, really neck and neck, but even though it didn't look like that in the latter half of that, latter part of that first half, they're still matching each other every turn with the Clippers making that push. With the, with the good defensive efforts from Zubac. I want to go ahead and look at this really quick because I know you talked about it on the uh, hockey part of the scoreboard. But what's upcoming here for the St. Louis Blues? They've been hot of late. They've won, let's just look at it, five of the last six. And then you have at San Jose at SAP, at LA, at Anaheim, at Arizona. The LA game, again, L.A.'s at home, and we talked about their home struggles. So San Jose, L.A., Anaheim, Arizona. I mean, Alec, the St. Louis Blues, they could continue this run that they've been on right now. They've been building confidence with their recent run by winning five of their last six. But when you look at the, at the opponents that they have faced, New Jersey, Montreal, Winnipeg, Arizona, Colorado, yeah. Tampa Bay, those are not gimmies in any sense of the word. These are high-end playoff contenders that can compete for a Stanley Cup. Most of them, Winnipeg and Arizona, we can and question that and say playoffs could be their ceiling. But St. Louis has been looking very, very confident as these games go along between Jordan Bennington and Joel Hofer, who have been going up and taking these games left and right, being the, the goaltending tandem that the Blues have been looking for and Bennington let back like he's in rookie form. And again, as you mentioned with some of that, let's double down on it. They've already played Winnipeg twice. They've already played uh, Arizona a couple times on that side. It was, that's not a gimme team anymore. Dallas as well. Their schedule has been exceptionally difficult on this side. And then after this run of San Jose, L.A., and I'm Arizona, they'll play Nashville, Chicago, Minnesota, Buffalo, 
I mean, they can really start to do damage here as they've had a frontline difficult schedule. They're still working with it right now, as we said, going on a big run. Look for the St. Louis Blues to continue to improve their positioning in the standings. This was a team that we didn't see coming as a playoff contender with how they've been starting off, but they've been really surprising teams left and right. We talked about surprise teams, namely the Anaheim Ducks being the biggest surprise of them all in the NHL. The Blues, we need to talk about them more. Yeah, I think we will, as long as they continue to win some of these games. And honestly, going into the after next week through the American Thanksgiving and all that, I'll probably get the schedule all figured away where maybe I have to start covering a game with the Blues and uh, see what it's all about. <laughs> and we, we could be seeing that later on throughout this season. Though I want to get this squared on up, because tomorrow I may be getting a look between the Celtics and 76ers, because, well, these, ne these next two weeks are going to be very football and basketball heavy on my side, though on the Saturday right after Black Friday, I may be doing something different and going to the college hockey landscape. Do you know what you think you might be covering yet? Yeah, most likely it's going to be Cornell and BU. We, many talk about Macklin Celebrini as the first overall pick projected, the projected first overall pick from uh, next year's draft. But not only do they have Celebrini, BU, but also Lane Hudson. Hey, I might have to uh, check some of that stuff out if I'm around for there just to see because uh, I'm looking forward to that. As Nikola Jokic, she misses off a long three, and this is skied by the claw. Going to bring this left right across the timeline again. LA's on the road at Ball Arena. Good movement! And Russell Westbrook gets an easy jam. Well, it's as easy as it can get. Like, it's vintage form for Russell Westbrook. The speed, the tenacity, and everything that he can account for. You leave him open, he's going to pick up this ball, and with his jump, he's going to throw it down. That is a perfect bounce pass by Vita Theirs. That was pretty easy for... Russ, and on the other side, good defense by the Clippers. We haven't said that too much in this game. As they got a knockaway pass off a no-look MPJ right off the screen. Right in Harden's face! Hits the three! They're actually going to call it a deep two. His foot may have been on the line. They're going to call it at that. But a nice look for MPJ. You leave anyone on Denver wide open, they're going to make you pay on most nights. That's a good-looking shot, nonetheless. Right in off the playoff, the out-of-bounds. Michael Malone timed that up perfectly, and MPJ hit a nasty shot as it's Harden. Rocking the baby to sleep on the right-wing side, and he bottoms down a three. This game is going back and forth. 7-10 left to go in the third. Denver up 67-64. Jokic now with the Vince Zubats with an outstretched hands. Use the arm. Try to brush away Jokic, give it back to Nikola. He'll back down, down to five seconds on the shot clock. Nikola, going to turn to his left, hook, going to miss it off the front of the rim, and a foul on the floor with 6.55 left in the third. I think this might go against Savica. And we're not sure who it is, but that was as easy as it can get. So James Hardy makes a living out of those step-back three-point jumpers. No matter how tight it is, or how open he is. Yeah, it's amazing when you have guys that have that dead eye there. It doesn't matter you put the hand in the face. 
they'll just step back, make their shot, find just enough space, and find a way to put it in. And Nikola Jokic, that was a severe off arm. And I don't know who got the foul on that one, but this might go against the Clippers again. It looked like Jokic was trying to power through the entire Clippers team there. He's just taking them all on, saying, Who wants a piece of me? <laughs> who wants a piece of the mighty Joker? There really is nobody that can contain this man on that side. Again, don't let looks deceive you if you're catching something on the outside of the NBA hourglass. You go against one-on-one -on -one against Nikola Jokic, and I guarantee you he'd be able to school anybody in between the three, the two, the mid-range, the post-up game, the free throws. He's really got it all. And by the way, he can still run offense as well. So Nikola Jokic is going to step to the line. He's going to try to make this a 70-64 game as he knocks down the first. So yeah, they confirmed that Aaron Gordon's deep two is actually a three-pointer. His foot was just an inch or two right behind the line. I think they saw something that we didn't because we don't have that replay right up front in front of us. Thank you for that, Alec. Again, that was off the step back for MPJ, and that one was a long two, but it was a good shot off for the out-of-bounds side of it. So 70-64, and James Harden will try to take this one left to right. As it's Pickett off the screen from Zubat, it's Harden all the way down the lane. He can't finish it, though. As it's Pickett, he'll clean up the mess now. He'll bring this here for Porter. Thought about it, sends it to nobody in particular. He put it right at the HBO Max sign. I don't think Pickett ever sees this ball. The ball is coming his way, and I don't think he ever get a, gets a run after this ball. Doesn't, doesn't try to advance towards it. So, uncharacteristic turnover there for Denver as Michael Malone looks on. Russ leaves it here for Kawhi. He's got this at 16 feet off the back down to Pickett. He's got the size mismatch. Extra ball movement. PG puts the ball on the floor. Fades from 12. Avica gives him a new shot clock at 14. George off a step back trying to get around Gordon. Probing. Here's Russ down the lane. Switches hands. Avica cleans up the mess, sends it back for Russ for three. And this goes all the way around the rim and out. Tough luck there for the Clippers. Pushing it the other way. Here's MPJ. Step back. Now Jokic has it at 18. Now an opportunity here for Pickett. Gives it for Jokic. Kisses it off the front of the rim. Not strong enough as it's claw. He'll grab the pumpkin and put this across the line. It's near the right wing side now. 15 seconds to go on the shot clock. It's a 70-64 game. Paul George puts the ball on the floor off the step back. And Russ, I think he, I don't know if he stepped on the line. He almost did. It's down to four. This is Harden now. Leaning draws the foul. And it's going to go against KCP. It's a reaching foul for KCP. Who's normally a good defender. Jamal Murray is basically just a saying. What are you doing, KCP? You can't do that. But for the Clippers on that big sequence over the office side, that was tough luck because they had all those good looks. They don't even make a single shot from any of them. Yeah, again, you got to run your offense and continue to get more shots like that. The Clippers will get better results. Offhand foul, Norman Powell for three. And it's a three-point game again, 70-67. to 67. Clippers got it within three. Here comes Jokic now across the timeline. Thought about the three. Leaves it for MPJ. 
Inside to Jokic now from 15 on the left block. Turn around against Savica. Puts his head down. Powers it like a tractor trailer. He's going to go to the line to shoot two. You give if Jokic any sort of breathing room towards the rim, you, you're either going to either give up the baskets for an and one or, or a foul in which he shoots two, and perhaps if you're unlucky enough, both. I don't know what you do. Again, it's it's as easy as you like. We say with LeBron James, but Nikola Jokic, how do you guard this guy? He just can't. It doesn't matter how many guys you send after him. He's just going to find the open man and then find him and where he knocks it right down. Much like if you leave him open, he's going to knock down the shot. Pick your poison, much like LeBron James in his prime, as you mentioned. So, 71-67 is the score. The spread on the FanDuel side's at 4.5. Again, they thought this game was going to be close. It's honestly a lot closer than I expected it to be. It's been a good competitive game right now. 72-67 as Nikola Jokic makes both. 4.45 left to go in this third. See who's going to take this game. I'll be calling the fourth. Long free for Harden. He was open, but he missed it off the front of the rim. As it's Aaron Gordon. Put this right to left now. He's going the right wing side, trying to get around Kawhi. Puts his head down, but he threw it into traffic. Intercepted by Norman Powell. Terrence Mann. He's got the speed. Sends it across for Paul George. He knocks the shot down. It's a three for PG. 72-70. Back like he's back in Indiana. Like the number one option that he has spent there. You give him that much room, he's going to knock down the free shot. He's known as a sharp shooter from range. And Christian Braun gets a great pass from Jokic. And the red carpet's laid out. Nobody picked up any rim protection as Ivica Zubac looked a little disgusted there on the bench as it's man. We'll send this here for Norman Powell. We'll get the screen trying to get around Jokic. Fade tough off the front of the rim. And it's Gordon quickly down the lane. KCP extra pass for Gordon. Puts it on the floor. Gets Harden to jump. Gets it right back. Throws it down! <laughs> Aaron Gordon with the sky, and he definitely looked like the slam dunk champion there. The sky's the limit now for Aaron Gordon, with him jumping all the way up in the two-handed slam, and a nice passing sequence between him and KCP. Let the Clippers call timeout with 3.38 left in this frame. Well, I think you're going to have a good game in front of you, Alec, on this seven again in the fourth, and we switch back over here. 76-70. Timeout, Ty Lue. 3.38 left to go in the third. Your leading scores will update you here. PG-13's got 23 points on four of six from three six rebounds, two assists, and a steal. And on the other side, Nikola Jokic, he is on that triple-double watch. He's got 24 10 of 10 from the line, but 6 of 18 from the field. He's got 13 rebounds and 7 assists to lead the Nuggets. So how's everything going here, Andrew? Good. I'm curious what your guys' opinion is on the Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert fiasco. Oh, I was thinking, what in the world? That's what I'll start with. All I got to say is Draymond Green is so classless. You would never see a hockey player get in a fight. 
we saw a little bit of the replay on the TNT side in between Ernie, Chuck, Kenny, and EJ on that, and we're all thinking, what's going on? Because we're catching that. I mean, Rudy Gobert's stuck in a full chokehold, isn't he? I'm just going in and getting a couple scoring notes in here on this side. We're a little bit of a commercial break. It's uh, 7670. We'll get in the play by play in a moment. So that's it right now. This game between the Warriors and Timberwolves is still going on as we speak. 73 63, the Warriors lead. And the Lakers, they're blowing out the Grizzlies 71 51. Just when you think it can't get any worse for the Grizzlies without John Morant in game number 11 without them. Well, it's been looking like much of, much of the blowouts that they've been experiencing just as Anthony Davis denies one of the Grizzlies. Again, are the Grizzlies at some point going to start to run out of time here, or when are they expecting to get John and everything else all squared away? Huh. You, you can't just expect everything to magically turn around in game 26 when John comes back, but... His, his absence shouldn't be felt this badly. Yeah, I know. You and I talked about that early in the year. I'm just shocked in the way that they've been uh, just so shaky, honestly. You thought Marcus Smart was going to be able to do some of the same things that Ja does, and it just hasn't looked good right now over there. Yeah, not looking good and then some. you, you got to wonder if about this, that Marcus Smart, yeah, he truly misses Boston. He... He knows about the fans over with the Celtics, and, he, and the Celtics fans there, he, they welcome them with open arms. So we're going to get back underneath the action here as Harden's going to crab dribble this thing crossed up to make sure to take any time. 3.30 left to go on the third. Extra pass, P.J. Tucker, the veteran, wide open, and he knocks it down. P.J. doesn't score a lot of baskets anymore, but he definitely will knock down those right-wing threes when he's open, Alec. Yeah, yeah, when he's open and given the time and space, he's not a scorer here as he's mostly a defender, but he can be the unlikely hero that can knock down a clutch three-pointer like that one. Pickett, he travels. Terrence Mann had a good job there. He pretty much played him stride for stride, forcing to pick up his dribble. And the Clippers have a chance to uh, tie this here, maybe. Yeah, we mentioned about the underrated defense of the Clippers. That time it was Terrence Mann forcing Jalen Pickett to travel and take a step with his second foot with on the ball hanging onto it. That's just nice. That's a nice job of him paying attention to the ball movement. Kawhi inside, step back, hits the mid-range. That's a tough basket for Kawhi, but that's what he's known for. He starts making those. You better look out if you're the Nuggets. It's a one-point game now. Pickett, he wants it. He's going to put it on the floor, though. Jokic, wild pass. He collects it, and then he gets it right into a slam. So Jokic almost lost the ball, picks it up, and then feeds an easy one for Pickett, 78-75. Nice speed behind AI with one hand. Helicopter almost losing it, but he manages to find the open guy, Peyton Watson, all open and in all gas, no breaks. Tucker, 
And I think he stepped out of bounds. He was wide open on the left wing side. Thank you for the correction there, Alec. Wide open on the left wing side. 78-75. It's a turnover, though. Wrong time for the Clippers to make such a crucial turnover because for Tucker, who made that clutch three-pointer to get the Clippers within a possession, and for them for him to step out of bounds, that's the wrong time for him to do that. So, three-point for Pickett. And this is Zeke Naji as a foul is called on the floor. Still 78-75, two minutes, three seconds left to go in the third. We did see Jokic. He's going to go ahead and take his rest. KCP's doing that right now. So probably see these bench players for the final two minutes before we get Jokic for the rest of this fourth alongside KCP. And yeah, Mike Malone wants to rely on his young guys, not only with Zeke Naji, but also Christian Brown and Julian Strauber, as we he noted, that Strauber's getting trusted more and more over Justin Holiday. It's a nice addition, nonetheless, to bring in Justin Holiday, but Strauber, in Malone's eyes, appears to be showing the more flash and the more upside. And that's what you want. I think that's good for Michael Malone. Regardless of what the record can be and what these players can do, you're going to need all of them coming down the stretch of an 82-game season especially. You want to make sure to keep everybody fresh. That's the most important thing that you can do. And you got to be able to stretch that bench to about 10 or 11 players. Claw, one arms this thing as this is taken away off the miss. Opportunity for Aaron Gordon. Here's a no look, but it was a little bit too casual there. Turnover against Gordon. I hope the fan that was going right in the direction of that pass is all right because that was <laughs> blazing. Yeah, it definitely was. It had a lot of sauce on it. No way for Christian Brown to be able to do anything with it. Still 79-75. Feels like we've been here for a little bit, with the exception of the Zeke free throws. Norman Powell, a beautiful stutter step as he gets an easy two. 79-77 here, about a minute 35 left to go in this third. It's an opportunity now. Strother send this one across. Pick back up now for Gordon at the top of the key. Strother, he's being bothered by Powell and knocks it out of his hands. We'll do it again with 10 seconds left on the shot clock. And there was no way that Christian Brown could see that pass from Aaron Gordon because that was a fast pass. There's only a limited time to react to that, to catch it. And even so, it has to be in and out of your hands in a hurry. And on that, if you want to get a quick shot off, but Norman Powell's been very noticeable on both ends. Yes, he has. Braun, he missed the buddy here. We'll see what happens with the Clippers. They have a chance to tie or take the lead with a minute five left to go in the third. Harden, as at the top of the key, series of dribbles down the lane, lays it in. We are tied. So finally, the Clippers getting right back after being down by double digits. But then again, double digit comebacks have been coming. More and more common here in the NBA so far. The Clippers doing their part in the third. This will be spun by Pickett. Good hands by Kawhi Leonard. And another steal. Terrence Mann has it on the right wing side. Clippers can take the lead here. They've been down almost by double digits. Strother on an island with Harden. He's going to try to draw the foul. No whistle called. P.J. Tucker had his hand in the air. But now Harden gets taken down. He should be going to the line to shoot two. And bodied by Christian Brown at the end of that sequence as he was looking to get his own rebound. It appears that this one's going to go against Pickett and not Brown. So I feel like this should have been interchanged a bit and that the foul should have been on Brown and not 
Yeah, I think that's probably the correct call on there, Alec. It's an opportunity for James Harden to go ahead and get some easy points at the line. He's one of the very best to do that. We talk about his propensity to draw fouls. But not only can you draw fouls, you got to be able to hit him down in a high clip, and Harden's one of the best. you got to be able to knock them down. For everyone that's talking about James Harden and his free throws and, and how common he shoots it, they have to see, they don't, they don't ask about the quality of the points. They ask about if you can get the job done, and so far Harden's doing exactly that. Harden makes both. And the Clippers have a two-point lead. It's 81-79. This game might come down to the wire. And again, it's not what I thought going into it. Alec and I were just hoping to be entertained by this. Again, it's the first NBA game of the season for me. And it's an in-season tournament. They're going to be doing these on Tuesdays and the Friday side. As this is picked up for Reggie now. Shot clock down to five. Would have been an iso ball against P.J. Tucker. And he gets the kiss. It's 81 all on this side and the Clippers have the final possession who wants this final shot of the third that's always something to talk about as it's rolling all the way across Harden picks it up down to five he's gonna shoot the three and he's gonna knock it down 84 81 now here we go this could be something about last second possessions and Gordon hits it Whatever you can do, I can do better. Tie 84 at the end of the third. Wow. We want, we want to talk about entertainment <laughs> here. We were not expecting a game that was down to the wire in this match, but we were talking about pure entertainment in this game, no matter if it is the form of one side blowing out the other or if it is a tight game like this, but step back jump shot followed by... Uh, a three-pointer that was just by half court from 32 feet out from Aaron Gorder. And you said it best, John. Anything I can do, anything you can do, I can do better indeed for AG. Man, this game has been a lot of fun. I can't wait till you take this fourth quarter and take us home. I mean, hey, the way that this game is going, we might even need overtime. <laughs> we might. Feels like it's the Battle of L.A. Thriller or any of the two games that I briefly covered between the Bucks and Sixers, or LeBron and KD, too, in this season, in their second meeting this season. We haven't seen these two go up against each other in five years when KD was a warrior, but it feels like it's one of these types of down-to-the-wire games and one that I've expected to see from the Clippers. No, it's it's been a lot of fun, and honestly, the intensity has been there. This feels like an early season test. I mean, hey, if you really think about it, with the way that the Clippers record is, again, at 3-6, and six, you can dismiss some of these things. But we talked about the talent that's on the floor. We talked about the Denver Nuggets, who they've been the class of the league coming off of an NBA championship. Hey, if you want to win the Western Conference, you're going to have to go through the Denver Nuggets. And the West runs through the Nuggets. It doesn't matter... What is the seeding and seeding of the teams that they faced through last season? It doesn't matter if the Timberwolves were an eight seed, the Suns being a four seed, or the Lakers being a seven seed in the West, or the Heat being an eight seed in the finals. You have to get the job done, even though they're they're, they're primarily low seeds that they face. The roads still have to be crossed. The Lakers made it as a seven seed, though. In all fairness to them, the West was way wide open last season. 
those wins over the Grizzlies and Warriors were earned, not given. Yeah, and we will see if the rest of the standings remain to be wide open in the West. As the season really goes along, really only about 10 games into the season now, once it's all said, about 8 to 10 games on that end for the NBA side. College basketball starting, as Alec mentioned, the next week's side. We've already been dealing with some of the college hockey. Everything is going to be in full swing right now. Yeah, everything. And I, I'm going back to the point of college hockey. I'm looking more into Cornell and BU because I feel that's the matchup that I'm most intrigued to. <laughs> That day is the SEC championship, but it's once again Georgia and Alabama. Feels like the same old narrative between these two teams. Feels like not a lot of parity in the SEC because it's mostly Georgia and Alabama. But between Cornell and BU, it's the Macklin Celebrini and Lane Hudson show. And perhaps we can get a chance to see that on November 25th between two of the best teams in the NCAA in the men's ice hockey field. I'm going to have to make sure that I can double-check that to see if I can, because I don't know if I have a Waterford Sharks game on that side. If I don't, I probably will join you for that, Alec, in some capacity, depending on what time it is, because prospects like that, I want to watch and see what the NHL is going to bring for us going forward. Yeah, we, we could be seeing that down the wire, depending on your status. A deep freeze miss, fourth quarter already underway, but we can't wait to see what is down the road here. And games in the future. 30 seconds in here is Russ. I am Alec Nava, joined here by John Ah here. Or corner, Paul George makes it and then drives right in, kicks it out over to the left wing inside of the left corner. And a free for PJ Tucker. Another clutch bucket from distance for all reliable. If I'm Zeke Naji, you already know what PJ Tucker's out there to do. You got to make sure you can put a hand in his face. Christian Proud, the answer on the other side. As the Nuggets drop in one, Paul George gets a, a Nugget to come in that was proud. And a little fake Nipsey Doo, 89-86, LAC. This is going to be a fun one, Alec. Both these teams going back and forth right now. Yeah, between Brown and PG, the latest two buckets as we have Jokic in the bench. And a tic-tac-toe passing to Christian Brown. Nice ball movement between Justin Holiday. And Brown to get Denver within one again. So we mentioned Justin Holiday, and between him and Julian Strauber, seems like that is coming up big and huge in stride here for Mike Malone's squad. Paul George getting Holiday a bit of work here. Six to shoot. Now five. Paul George has to move up right now. Someone goes down. And I believe that was Justin Holiday who gets contact on P.J. Tucker. There'll be an inbound because... Of that. And Alec, it really looks like Christian Braun's got a lot of NBA game to him. I like what I've seen from him. It feels like the same as if Tucker is trying to set a screen up on Justin Holiday because he was rushing to him, and, and the one that gets knocked down is Tucker. That's more of a defensive foul, but Tucker tried to set the screen there. Yeah, he did, and he wasn't able to hit that one, and this time as we get a substitution on the 4KCP coming in. So, the reliable defender for the Nuggets was a champion with them here. And there may be another foul here just as Reggie Jackson gets knocked backwards, we think. Or this is going to go against Jackson. He might have got some contact. And the Nuggets fans don't like that. They think that Paul George should be called for an offensive foul. 
It's kind of interesting on that side. I wasn't sure Reggie was going to flop or whatever, but they called him in a foul with 10.06. We'll get another look at it right now. I just got the hand stuck there, and and he got the off arm on Reggie. And, and more bullying here from these Nuggets fans as yet another foul is called. It appears that there's gonna, this time it's going to go towards the Nuggets' favor as Russ is called for charging. Well, I can't blame the fans. They're a little bit confused right now. They're just assuming it was going to go against them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I may have been a little bit ahead of myself because I got down to ESPN feed moments before it happened because the last foul was on Michael Porter Jr. And I was so ahead of myself that I just saw the rust charge. So let's just make sure I try to count this correctly here. So I already see three fouls against Denver, and we're not even 9.53 in the fourth? And me, the whistles are, uh, the, the refs are blowing the whistles here on all angles because the Nuggets turned this over. This is Terrence Mann moving up with speed, driving to the rim. Mann kicks it out, wide open from the corner. Left side, nothing doing there. Bruns saves it. But it was contact there from Russell Westbrook. That ball may have traveled out of bounds. Yes, it did. They're going to say it last touched Russ. And Braun is going to foul Yeah, so this game's getting a little crazy right now as Westbrook was unable to uh, bring a severe amount of vertical there. He had to go against Braun, who had several inches on him, but Russ able to make a good play there. Yeah, yeah. even he had to command himself to a loose ball foul because of that. It was still a, a saving effort trying to get the Clippers already on to this one-point lead. Here's Reggie Jackson trying to put P.J. Tucker on an ankle-breaker sequence. He doesn't even hit the rim and hit the window. And now starting up is Russ on the other side, working on KCP. Kicked on over to the logo to PG, and PG surveys his options. No Jokic on the court still for the Nuggets. He'll survey. Now over to the left wing side, back for, for him, and he airballs the free. Oh, no. The feed right back from PJ Tucker, and there was nothing out of that. Absolutely nothing, not even a rim. Here's Brown on the other side, gets tied up. Kicks it out over to the right wing. Now KCP driving in. Almost got the layup, but he draws the foul there. Something that PG would want back on an air ball free. Yeah, considering PG's been pretty hot in this game, sometimes he probably just missed the release, pulled the trigger there a little bit too tight. We're going to be going to the line here and seeing what happens. Jokic is going to check back in. I think it's much needed because this game's getting a little wild on both sides. And not only on the Nuggets' side, but also on the Clippers' side, because we have all these loose ball sequences, yeah. and while KCP missed the first one, this is all sorts of chaos. This is absolutely entertaining. It is. We can definitely say that. This game has been entertaining right from the first tip-off. Yeah, and, and to make the counter, the Clippers are inserting Kawhi back on as KCP makes the second shot. Ibiza Zubac is still on the bench as we speak. And it's a tie game, 89-89 with 8.22 to go. Ross goes left. With it now is Kawhi goes inside to the left arc. Paul George being cornered by KCP. George with a mid-range shot, he knocks it down. So a bit of redemption there after that air ball free to get the Clippers back on top. Nice tough basket off the fadeaway from 14. Porter's free is shot. 
the near rim, picked up now by L.A. as Russ is going to start up. And perhaps we get a foul here. This is Brown on a personal, so an inbound. Man, I dare I say it, Alec, this is the best game that the Clippers have played since they've acquired James Harden. Without a doubt. They need to, and they need to keep this momentum going because they, they've lost five straight ever since trading for Harden. And they're at a moment where they need to keep stacking up these wins. Going back to the early season board that they want to. George inside for man. Tic-tac-toe. Ross throws it down. Nice sequence from PG to man to Russ on a grown man slam. You got Russ cutting down the middle of the lane. No chance to stop him at all. And that blazing speed, even though he's 34, he still has that tenacity right in front of him. Aaron Gordon, low Euro step, and the lay-in. So he has a little say on what Russ has to offer. It's a one-possession game again. Hey, you don't have to always throw it down. You can get the Euro step. You can hit buzzer beater threes. My name's Aaron Gordon. <laughs> Back like he's in Orlando, just as PG. As he's falling down, lays this one in. Reggie Jackson starting it up. Clippers up 95-91. KCP draws the foul as he gets what the Clippers to commit is Paul George, who committed on KCP's layup attempt. And the Nuggets will use one of their timeouts. I'll tell you this, Alec, and I'll say it in complete honesty. I know we've been covering a multitude of sports, but if all the NBA games were played like this, I think everybody would be tuning in. I know it's a popular sport, but... I mean, these two teams are given as good as they get. This has been a fantastic game. It's been a very well-played game by both teams in the most accessible and most inclusive sports. Yeah. That's what we can say without a doubt. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's just give you a scoring reset as we go into the commercial break. So Paul George, he's had himself a great game. 11-19 from the field, 29 points, 3 steals, 3 assists, James Harden. Not too bad. 7 of 14, 21 points, 3 of 8 from deep. On the other side, Kawhi Leonard, he's been a little quiet. 4 of 11 for 11. On that end, Nikola Jokic, he's two assists away from a triple-double. He's got 24, 13, and 8 with a steal. Michael Porter Jr. has 8 on 3 of 10. Aaron Gordon, 5 of 9, 13, and that key 3 at the end of the third KCP with 8 as well. Christian Braun, though, as I said... Five of six, ten points. I I like his ability to be able to play basketball. He does a little bit of everything on the floor right now for Michael Malone's squad. He's got ten. He fits right into the system very well. Between this and college <clears throat> ball, he's picking up where he really has left off. Back when he was a national champion with the Kansas Jayhawks in 2022 with Bill Self. And he's, he's carrying that over to Denver in a bench role. Would it be him off the bench? Yeah, somebody's got to tell him it's not going to be so easy with championships. He gets one at Kansas, then he gets one with the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> a back-to-back champion. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that usually doesn't happen. A lot of guys go through their entire careers and they never win one. And he's already tasted success. And the main thing when you're that young is just continue to do the work ethic and uh, do the damage. Holy cow, I'm looking at this in-progress score line. Memphis is getting pasted by the Lakers. It's 83-58. Oh, if this season can't go any worse for Memphis, you got to wonder 
if things would go very differently if the Grizzlies if, if had John Morant for their first 25 games had it not been for that Instagram video. But this is really getting into a five-alarm fire, if that's the proper term for it, for the Grizzlies. Because 2-8 and eight after 10 games, when you have star talent like Jaron Jackson Jr. and other high contributors like Marcus Smirk, Desmond Bain, and, and with Derrick Rose coming off the bench, that's inexcusable. And right now, I'm looking at their starting lineup today, and again, I don't mean to be mean, but for the Richmond Spiders, Jacob Gilliard, the 25-year-old, he's in the lineup, and Bismack Bayambo is in the starting lineup. That's not certainly what the Grizzlies expected. And yes, the original plan was to have Steven Adams in the starting five, but then everything went awry the moment Adams was hurt, and now he's missing in the season, which is a shame because even though he's, tough, he's a tough player on the court, He's one of the nicest human beings in, yeah. in, in the NBA. Yeah, again, not everything goes to plan. you got to have that depth. We'll see what happens in this game, though, Alec. Take it away. 6.58 left. And just as KCP hits the first free throw, you want to wonder what is going up and gone between the Warriors and Timberwolves. No Draymond Green, no Quay Thompson. Still there, it is a tight game. It's a one-point game recently with the Timberwolves with the lead. KCP misses on the second one. Paul George jumps up for the board, and he immediately gives it off for Russ. At the top of the 52-80 logo being watched by the other number zero, Christian Brown. To the right for George from mid-range and tight. No doubt about it, he is feeling it tonight. That mid-range shot rated PG-13. And if he can continue to do this, you said it earlier, he can be a number one option. He's looked very comfortable. In a game that the Clippers are really much needed here, especially from PG. KCP and Jokic connect with each other. Offensive foul as he charges right into PJ Tucker. Tucker got him to commit. That's good defense there by P.J., the crafty veteran. I don't think he sold it. I think he got Nikola Jokic to work right in, as you said, and draw that foul. Beautifully done. Yeah, both hands on his lap got Jokic to commit to that foul and get the ball right back for the Clippers. Exactly what L.A. has been needing throughout this game. They have solid defense from a reliable defensive veteran like Tucker. Here's Kawhi. Looking for a lane here. Doesn't find one. Now he gets one off. Oh, right in tight. Kawhi right on cue. Kawhi not. Here's Brown. Alley-oop to MPJ. Throw it down. The former Mizu Tiger answers Kawhi's call. Wow, that is some serious vertical for Porter. Got everybody off their feet. Yeah, everyone here now standing up for some of these fans as they're mostly sitting right down, waiting for the fireworks. Here's Kawhi from deep. Too far on the shot. It's picked up by KCP. Now he's worked on Tucker. Tic-tac-toe between MPJ and Brown. Christian Brown. And there may be something here. Is this a personal from on the Clippers? Yeah, it looks like PJ Tucker's call for the foul here, my friend. It appears... The man who made that nice that nice charge position to get Nikola Jokic to commit just as Brown 
gets to sit down. But for Tucker to draw that right afterwards, well, you, you got the foul. Well, that's the downside. The, the big thing is, you got Jokic to commit to an offensive charge. That's always the good news. Yeah, again, you got to be able to do that, especially in the clutch, be able to get some stops. It's only a five-point game, and we know how Denver's moved this basketball. That's nothing to them. And they've been doing this on a nightly basis. Jokic from a tight angle. This one in and out. All those went in. As Aaron Gordon and Terrence Van fight for the ball, we may see a jump ball coming here with less than five minutes to go between Gordon and Van as Jokic nearly made a tight corner free from the far side. That almost, even though I know Kawhi made it when he was a member of the Toronto Raptors, but it looks like Jokic was trying to do that same impression with a rainbow over Tucker. I don't even know how he hit rim with that one. <laughs> and I wonder if it just took several more bounces, actually four of them, <laughs> and then two fall right in. Here's Jokic from the paint. He sinks it. No end one here, but Jokic says, take that, PG. It's a one-possession game. Take the contact, no problem, lay it right in. Easily done. Harden finds KG from mid-range, short. Rebound contested, and it's tipped up. Tucker has it, and it's passed to nobody. Someone gets pushed. That may be one of the Nuggets who gets pushed. And these two teams really want to get at each other. Well, we don't see a scuffle, but everyone's going towards the refs to just as the referees are huddling together to discuss it. Yeah, like, we are in a basketball game right now that means a lot to both of these teams, and you know what? It's good to see. You know the NBA does these national schedules based on the team's records from last year, but we couldn't expect to see a matchup as good as this one, I don't think. This is really star-studded matchup and a back-and-forth action, one that the Clippers, they've been looking as a get-right game. Yeah. And a bounce back in the worst way possible. Fans not liking a recent call. Clippers just got it off on the shot clock. They miss, but they had no other choice. Here's Reggie Jackson on the other side, working on Terrence Mann. Lost the ball for the moment, but he got it back. He is forced to the left corner. Jackson gets a screen, but Tucker is now on him. Inside for Jokic. Jokic at the left side of the inside arc. And Solon falls down for the Clippers side. And inside for AJ. Man, that's just too easy there. Off of the putback, nobody picks up Aaron Gordon. And the Clippers need a timeout. It's a one-point game here. Yeah, they, they were getting right back. And every facet, these two teams matching each basket one after another. Aaron Gordon off the dime from Nikola Jokic with Terrence Mann just getting bullied by Jokic. It's straight up overpowered. Yeah, it looked like that Jokic was driving a cement truck and he pretty much ran over Terrence Mann and then he was getting a piece of P.J. Tucker as he was able to get that putback from Aaron Gordon off the miss. One point game with 3.47 left in the fourth. You really couldn't ask for any anything more. Clippers, as you said, they badly need a win. It's been five straight losses on this side. Denver Nuggets, they're still trying to remain perfect at home. 
they would be 7-0 if they get this win right now. But again, Clippers had a five-point lead. We knew that wasn't going to be sustainable here. Who can make a good play off the timeout? Who's the ball going to go to? If I'm the Clippers and I'm Ty Lue, I'm probably rolling back to Paul George trying to set a screen for him from Zubats, getting him free, maybe getting an off-the-ball cut for James Harden or Russell Westbrook. And on the other side, if I'm Michael Malone, I think the ball only goes to one player in particular, Jokic in the paint, let him kick it out for any kind of threes or work his way inside. Yeah, that's the right strategy to go through if you're both these two teams. If, if you're the Nuggets, you go for and you go for Jokic to, to start and end the play. doesn't matter who it ends up on the hands right. of. It, it starts and ends with Jokic. And if I'm the Clippers, you said it perfectly. You said the first name front and center, Paul George. He's their best closer when it comes to late-game clutch situations. So, and you want to rely on him if you want to get a clutch basket. We've been focusing so much on basketball so far tonight that we didn't notice that the Florida Panthers are up 2-1 on the Sharks with Sam Reinhart netting a power play goal. We talked about Florida the other day on the side for the hockey assignment, and I think that they're going to be on the ascension as they continue to get more pieces back. Uh, they look like to be a dangerous team, Alec. Yeah, much like the Florida team that has been shown throughout the playoffs last year, perhaps the playoffs for the Panthers may be a might have been a teaser of what was to come within the Matthew Kachuk era. Yeah, no doubt about it. And see if they can build upon it, because you know exactly where they want to go. They want to go back into the Stanley Cup Finals. we got a long way to get to at that point, but I still think Florida could be one of the last teams left standing. And it could be. Perhaps another run of the Eastern Conference Final, because the Atlantic Division is wide open, and therefore the taking between them, Boston, and all these other teams. The Bruins, they're still the class of the Eastern Conference, and that was evidenced by their fast start with Jim Montgomery in a second straight fast start with the Bruins, still proving that he is the right fit for the team, and he's pressing all the right buttons. We can, people can talk about last year how he pressed more wrong buttons than right buttons, but this year he's pressing all the right buttons. Again, on that side, you can't put too much blame because when you win as many games as he does, again, it gets tough in the playoffs. It gets tough in the playoffs in basketball, too, and this feels like a playoff game. Take it away. Yeah, here we are right back just as the Clippers lost the ball for the moment. Both teams are fighting for the ball. Last touch by Kawhi, and Kawhi will regain possession of this as Reggie Jackson might have driven this out of bounds by an inch or two. So the clock's at 8 right now. Again, you got Alec Nava and John out here with you. We've been flipping back and forth in between the play-by-play -play side. It's anybody's game right now, 99-98 with 3.32 left in the fourth. The Clippers, they have the edge by the swimmers of margins. Terrence Mann, double team, finds the open man and Powell. Yes, sir! Norman Powell, all the way from Anaheim, 102-98 L.A. Good off-ball screen there, be able to get it set up. No problem there for Norman. Clippers up four. Here's Jokic on the other side. He is one-on-one, passed up by Kawhi. And he got Kawhi to, to get the foul on his side. Denver officially in the bonus. The Clippers do not have any more fouls to give. 
We'll see if Denver can get to the century mark as Jokic gets to the foul line. Again, it doesn't take a genius to be able to call any of the stuff from the timeout side. At least I got one thing right with Nikola Jokic be able to let him work. Man, it seems like he got a piece of Kawhi Leonard's arm, too. Yeah, he's been getting bodied by Kawhi on that sequence. He mentioned about Kawhi's reputation as a defender. That time he did pay attention to Jokic the entire way. As he makes the first reboot, the second one is good. He's up to 28. But here's the differential. Jokic had 18 points in the first half. In this half, his impact is being minimalized as he is being limited to 10 points. That's what you got to do if you're the Clippers to see if you can hold on and win this game and end the losing streak. And to end this losing streak, that's what the Clippers want to do here, front and center, and the Nuggets, their first home loss of the season. Harden driving into the paint, smokes it, and this board goes out of bounds. It will belong to Denver as this goes right out, last touch by Harden. Doesn't it feel like, Alec, there's been several layup opportunities from the Big Four that they've just missed? It feels like that, no matter if it is Paul George or James Harden, you got to hit those. Those are gimme buckets for you. Jokic drives right in, hooks it, first try, second try, that's good! <laughs> this game is tied! 1-0-2-0! Put it in the hands of the big Serbian and let him go to work, overpowering everybody and getting a two. I mean... No matter who he's matched up against, he's just going to get the advantage, no matter who the closest defender is to him. 13th tie of this game. That is not a hypo. Kawhi, one-on-one, has free to shoot, gets it out for PG. PG has to shoot it off. Does he get it in? No, they wave it off. Shot clock violation on PG. The Nuggets get it back with 156. That's tough there, but it's great defense. Again, we saw from the previous side, Avica Zubats is shaking his head. He's sitting on the bench. He's got to be wondering when Ty Lue's going to bring him in. Yeah, we have not seen him in a long time. He's played 26 minutes. They're playing more and more. P.J. Tucker and Terrence Mann, they want to get more offense on the, on the floor. Mann is still out there, as Jokic has it. He is double-teamed. KCP with the ball. Inside for A.T. Left a lay-in. 137 to go, and the Clippers use one of their last two timeouts. That's the obvious one for me here, Alec. You gotta use it right now because the clip, the uh, Nuggets are killing them inside. They're killing the Clippers, and you don't have that size there with Zubats to be able to defend the paint. Yes, we'll scratch, we'll scratch the timeout. The Clippers are not using it. And one for the Nuggets. I thought the Clippers used the timeout, but. The Nuggets are imposing their will inside the yes. paint. This is what they've emphasized on, getting your tall guys out onto the court all at the same time. The chance is defense. 90 seconds left. Here's Harden from downtown. Too far. This rebound goes over to Powell. Here's PG. One-on-one with KCP. He'll try again. In and out, but a foul here. The last thing that KCP wants to do and PG will shoot free. Wow. Again, the offhand again. It's the second time that Paul George is going to the line for three. You got to feel like he's going to knock down all three of these. He's basically automatic from the line. Just PJ Tucker, he is getting set to sub in. And if he's a Zubac, if I'm a piece of Zubac, yes, John, I would still be wondering when I'm going to 
for who knows how long just as PG makes the first one. Yeah, I'd have to think out like that he's not in the doghouse here. It's just Ty Lu thinks he's got a matchup. But what I'm seeing right now without Avitsa Zubats in there, Jokic is beasting and feasting. Yeah, Jokic has been imposing as well. This is actually two free throws for PG, not free as we originally imagined, but he knocks them both down anyway. 116 to go here, and LA is 19 and 22 from the strike. Jackson! Right inside, and he lays it in. Three-point edge to Denver in the Mile High City. And L.A. uses their penultimate timeout. So now they'll finally use that as Reggie Jackson probes down the lane. I mean, this is getting to be a layup line. And this is exactly what you want, Alec, if you're Denver late in the game. Easy buckets, drives to the rim. It's buffet style right now. And the Clippers have no chance of winning this game if they keep getting the easy twos. If they just keep getting open looks for the Nuggets, this game will go right back towards Denver's direction. L.A. was fought so hard to stay in this game, you'd wonder if everything that, and everything that could go wrong in this fourth quarter has went both right and wrong at yeah. the same time. Yeah, and again, I have to imagine something over the last couple minutes. I don't really understand why Evitsa Zubats isn't in there. I mean, I guess Ty Lu, if I have to be honest, as we're in the middle of this timeout here, he's probably worried about the threes more than the twos, and I think that that's a mistake right now. Yeah, I feel that is a bigger mistake that Ty Lu is, is going towards because with the threes... Of course, you have three-point shooters at your disposal with James Harden and Paul George, but you also have guys that can make two-point shots, and Kawhi Leonard, who can, has a reputation for making mid-range shots, and Russell Westbrook, who has this reputation of driving to the paint. But so far, Kawhi and Ross, they've had 21 points. P.J. and Harden, 54. That is some big-time production. They've shot a lot, 19 of 38, 9 of 25. It's been pretty much all them on this side. Can the Clippers try to get it done? They're down 107-104 with 110 left. They do bring in Norman Powell back into this game. Terrence Mann is also on the court. No Zubac still. They still have Kawhi, Harden, and PG on the court. Kawhi from mid-range, double rim. And this rebound secured by Jokic in the final minute of regulation. Hold on tight, everyone. I hope you see you guys still have popcorn here. Here's Reggie Jackson. He'll send this inside. Almost on the way, but open is A.J. Behind the back from Joker. Wide open. Nobody covers him. And here's a three on the way. Too far. Rebound secured by Reggie Jackson. Everything going to Nuggets' way. In the final stage of this game, and Denver is going to run out more clock. Go ahead and take it away, Alec. I'll leave my final thoughts for the 30 seconds. All right, so last we saw an intentional foul from Terrence Mann on Reggie <laughs> Jackson. So that'll get Jackson up to the line for two automatically. I'll go back to this and I'll say it again from a few minutes ago. When he got the one point nine is left here in regulation. This has been a very a very entertaining match. No matter who's gonna come out as the victors here. And Denver looking to improve to seven and zero at home. LA 
that the result that they have been dreading, losing six straight, if this whole suck since the James Harden trade, and Denver, they've been doing this while Jamal Murray just as Reg missed the first week, bro. Man, I, I just can't believe we go back to the Ivica Zubats thing for three minutes. He's not in. He's got that look on his face, and it's just been all twos, and I don't think that's a coincidence. It's not a coincidence at all. And triple rim for Jackson this day south. Kawhi jump starts it with some moves on MPJ, trying to put some fakes. Kawhi driving in, and this day south. And there's a foul called on MPJ with 22.2. The Nuggets will take their second-to-last timeout. Their fans can't believe it, but Kawhi is shooting too. I almost thought Kawhi Leonard slipped there when he was trying to throw it down. I'm not used to seeing him not being able to finish at the rim. I feel like there's been a lot of ch chances that these guys just haven't converted. I don't know where the foul is, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, me neither. And for, for all the talk when we talk about this, well, actually, this timeout is because of Mike Malone using his coach's challenge with 22.2 left. We're staying with you here. Because it's late in the game, and with this coach's challenges coming up, so it feels like the Clippers they've been missing from short distance, yeah, just a few feet away from the rim. Yeah, the uh, layups and the finishes, the dunks, everything else that's not been converted. I mean, if we're being completely honest, Clippers probably missed about twelve to fifteen points right at the rim. This could easily be a victory on that side. I can't just keep bringing up the Zubats thing, even though that's very curious as to how he hasn't seen the floor. Because, again, Alec and I talked about it from the previous commercial break, that if he wasn't on there, it was going to be Denver going to go right to the rim and punish everybody. Because, look, small ball is going to look great when it works and you can knock down some threes. But when you got P.J. Tucker out there and you got Kawhi Leonard on, Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, that's not going to work. They're going to be able to slice and dice you at the lane or pretty much just overpowering you. And that's what Denver's done essentially, Alec, in the last, what, 15 to 17 points? And that's what they've done. Just going up and bullying the Clippers using their height advantage on the small ball lineups that the Clippers have been and using with Zubac on the bench. And you look at some mistake that Ty Lewis made to leave Zubac on the bench for an extended period of time and not having seen a court for this long. And I'm not sure here as we got another look, as Kawhi Leonard, I think like he was just losing his balance. He kind of got his foot inside of the left leg of Jokic. As that's why Malone's using the challenge. I feel on the offshoot without getting the official decision yet that Michael Malone might win this. It feels like there wasn't any deliberate contact from MPJ or Jokic on, on Kawhi. So... So Mike Malone has every right to challenge this play. So as we get the ruling, Josh Tibbins, the crew chief, says this is an unsuccessful challenge. So the Nuggets are charged with their sixth timeout. Wow. That's a superstar call, Alec. That's all I can think of. And Bill, this, this may be a friendly call going yeah. towards Kawhi's way. I'm with you there. Now, he's at the line to shoot two with 23.6, and he knocks down the first one. Neither of these two teams have fouls to give. 
Kawhi with 14 points, but he's coming alive at the right time. The only thing you can do now is try to follow the right person on the floor, but you know Michael Malone's going to have that artillery out there. So 106 now for the Clippers. Jokic is going to inbound, the, and the Clippers are looking to steal it. Just like that, PG up forward, and this ball knocked away. The ball is loose. PG has it. He's going to drive to the rim and lay it in. Hold on tight. The Clippers throw by Wolves. 15 point free left. Alec, that is not what you usually see from Nikola Jokic. You try to get... Uh, Coldwell Pulp sprinting down the middle of the lane, but not so fast. The theft by PG, and it's a one-point game again. And the seeing guy, and that, that was an eagle eye from Kawhi to poke it away from KCP. And, and then with the finish from Paul George, these two knowing each other with the LA Clippers ever since they joined uh, the 2020 season. Many picked them as championship favorites ahead of that year. They have yet to win one, let alone make the finals in their franchise's existence as the Nuggets use their final timeout. But the Clippers still have a last gasp of air. Yes, they do. It was a great defensive play by the Claw. As you said, get it over to Paul George and lay it in. Now the obvious statement of the century here is this. If you're the Nuggets, get this ball inbounded successfully. You're the Clippers. Foul immediately. Get a chance to hit a game-tying three and get this one into OT. And that's the strategy here for Ty Lue and company. Immediately foul one of the Nuggets. Send them to the line. It doesn't matter who, even if it is the Joker or anything, but we may be seeing... Some cramps here from KCP as a result. He was very well shaken up after that poke, but he's staying on. It seems that he's recovered from the cramps. AG's going to inbound. He's watched by Matt. It's up for Joker. The Clippers trying to steal it, and they're unsuccessful, but they intentionally foul Jokic. Norman Powell can't believe it. Nope, and that's the right thing. If you're the Clippers, get it done immediately so you can use as much time as you can for the final possession of the game. And yes, if you're the Clippers, you need to foul at one of these Nuggets. Have to send to the line for two shots as Jokic, he makes the first one. Well, it, no matter what, it's still going to be a one-possession game. But the task is even harder if it is by three points. And finally, we see Zubac back in the game. How long has he found the bench? Man, he has to get warm again. <laughs> yes, and warm it, it indeed it is as Jokic makes it 111-108. And the last timeout used by the Clippers here. They have 13 seconds to send it to overtime as, as we get into discussions about what the strategy is for them in this last possession. So then, Alec, the thing for me is, okay, Zubats, he's not going to be, be able to be in there to spread the floor. So then, obviously, you're going to have to look at a screen there for Zubats to be able to set it up either for PG or Kawhi. That's what I'm imagining, unless they get something for Harden there. But that automatically takes one shooter off the board. And on the other side, I would just put my best defender there that has some speed. Whether I'm going to use Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter Jr., be able to get hands in the face, not foul, and contest that three-pointer. You want to contest a three-point shot if you're the Nuggets. We mentioned about the Nuggets 
They have one of the more underrated defenses in the league with how they have versatile forwards like Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. They, they, they can put up double figures, but they are very adequate defenders in these situations. And, and if you're the Clippers, you want to get into one of your sharpshooting three-point shooters here. Say someone like Paul George, James Harden. Those two come to mind at first because Paul, because PG, he's shooting 39.4%, but you also mentioned Kawhi, who's shooting 41.1% from range. Yeah, I'm going to go with someone that's clutch and gets it done. I'm either going to go with Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. That's my take. All right, here we go. Here's your game here. 13 seconds left. Harden inbounds for Powell. Now on to PG. He is watched by one of the Nuggets. He'll start up. PG. And oh! Did he just spit that onto the left rim and the backboard? That's a rare shot. What? We're going to need a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You get bonus points for that shot. I don't care. <laughs> it got stuck sometimes. You see it get wedged there. Who's the ball going to be? It's going to be a turnover against the Clippers. <laughs> oh, my God. It is a wedge indeed. Yeah. But, no, this is going to be a jump ball now. And this will be tipped up and won. By Reggie Jackson, who's just going to throw it away to have court the Nuggets up to a perfect 7-0 at home of a big win over the Clippers in this in-season tournament. Wow, what a game this was on the other side. If I'm Paul George, you got to be wondering what in the world just happened. Nikola Jokic has the same look across his face. It doesn't matter on the other side because the Denver Nuggets improved to 7-0 and at home, 9-2, and and the Clippers lose their 6th straight. They're 0-6 on the road as well. But man, oh man, if I'm the Clippers, I will be ruined some of the times I had for in-close baskets that were not converted. And again, I just go back and wonder, dude, sorry about punching this again, but Avica Zubats, we really didn't see him in the final maybe four minutes of this contest. And it really did go to show that the Denver Nuggets just dominated the ball inside when he was gone. I kind of wonder if Ty Lue had to do it over again when he left Zubats out that long. Unfortunately, you, don't get, you do not get do-overs in the NBA as, as what, what people do in 2K. Yeah. Because, and because let's be honest, with Zubats on the floor, the Clippers have an advantage, have some form of advantage yes. in rebounding as any other team but not against a team like the Nuggets. When you fit into small ball, it works with three-point shooters. The Warriors made that famous with the Hampton Spy between Iguodala, KD, Draymond, Quay, and Curry. But the Clippers, for all the three-point shooting they bring, you have to have someone that can get rebounds. Zubac is that guy. And you have him on the bench in the final, what, four minutes yes. of the second half up until he gets put in? I don't. I, I think Ty Lue is going to come back to this and say that he needs to re, rethink some decisions from this game and then readjust to make sure this mistake doesn't get repeated again in future games. Yeah, because I think he said it perfectly on this side. Again, we're talking about the rebounding. We're not just talking about Nikola Jokic. We're talking about Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. Those guys are going to absolutely demolish players like P.J. Tucker or whoever else you have on the floor as the extra shooter. Yeah, of course. They're going 
to impose their will on them on the defensive side using said height advantage. As we noted, Michael Porter, 6'10", Aaron Gordon, 6'8". And when we look at the Equippers, there's Big Two, Kawhi and PG are 6'7 and 6'8", respectively. So PG is going to be at a disadvantage going up against either one of Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter. Well, he is of the same height as, as Gordon, but against Porter, that's where he has the disadvantage. Kawhi, also a disadvantage against Porter. Yeah, the vertical leaps for the Denver Nuggets on that side between Porter and Gordon are out of the building on that side. So it's not even comparable, even if you just look at the height side. And again, Denver really killed them on the glass when it mattered. And that ball movement that Denver shared with the three-point, that definitely worked. And they played the better basketball game, I think, when it mattered. They got the points easily down the fourth quarter, and that's what proved to be the difference. Again, I saw a Clippers team that looked pretty good. This was probably the best game that they've played with the big four that they've had on that side, but close is not going to be enough, especially against a team like Denver. But I'm glad that we got a chance to cover this one, Alec. I had a lot of fun tonight. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. And all discussions about the Nuggets title defense, along with the Clippers, if they can turn it around, because this game may have given some bright spots for the Clippers, but close is never going to be enough. But nonetheless, it was still a fun and entertaining game. We didn't expect it to be close, but nonetheless, with how close it is, we got a lot more entertainment than what we were anticipating for. I definitely think so, Alec. Again, I'll be back probably on the Thursday side. You have a good one. I know I probably won't see you for a couple days. Hopefully everything will be fun. You'll be working on the other assignments. And uh, next week's side after the Thanksgiving, if we do get a chance, I'll look and see if I'll be free for the college hockey side with uh, Cornell and all that because I would definitely like to join in for that one. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of talk about Mac with Celebrini and with BU and the head coach, Jay Pandolfo, former New Jersey Devil. Sounds good, my friend. We will talk soon, okay? Okay, John. See you.